Hello and welcome to the 4 Comic Junkies Podcast. When the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host, JJ Hodges, and this podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by the dadgum original Batman on Film. Go to batmanpodcastnetwork.com to find all sorts of cool podcasts hosted by some of the coolest people you will ever lay your ears on. Or put the buds in your ears. So maybe you're not laying. Unless you're like sleeping when you listen. Eh, whatever you do. I don't care. You know. You do you, boo. Um, as always, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook on... Um, uh, at, uh, excuse me, at <laughs> 4 Comic Junkies. That's F-O-R Comic Junkies. Uh, or you can email me, 4 Junkies at gmail.com. Uh, very excited about my guest today. It is Zach Moore host of Always Hold On to Smallville, one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, he goes through all the episodes of Smallville. As of this recording, he's uh, finished season six. Um, I'm a part of his Patreon. You know, there, we have a lot of fun there. Um, a really great guy. Uh, you know, Zach, Zach's here in the group chat. Let me, uh, let me go ahead and bring him in here. Hey, Zach, how you doing? Welcome to Always Fallen to Smallville. In this podcast, we talk about each and every episode of the Young Superman show. Zach. They ran from... Zach. Excuse me. What, what, See, yeah. what, are you, what are you doing? I'm trying to do the intro to my podcast. This is my podcast. But this is my podcast. No, we're, I know we're talking about Smallville, but this is my show. Always Fallen to Smallville. Well, that's what we're going to call the episode, but... That's, it, so that's the name of the podcast, then? Well, that... No, because this is... Man, do you... Do you do you just think you own podcasts? Is that what this is? <laughs> I mean, I have quite a bit. <laughs> you do seem to uh, uh, get around. Um, you know what? I'm not gonna not gonna make that joke with you. <laughs> <laughs> I respect you just a little bit too much for that. Thank um, you. <laughs> so, uh, thank you for coming back to the show after a hiatus. Um, uh, as I said, you know, before we recorded, I I'll try not to be uh as awkward and weird as i was last time where i was like hey Doug, do you like when podcasts are and you're on mine and shows so <laughs> that was a pretty good that was a pretty good impression of yourself from that <laughs> podcast yeah so i've been told yes yes um so we are talking 20 years of smallville um which is totally crazy to think that the show is that old but also at the same time it's not because it does feel like it was a lifetime ago, you know, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's always with us, right? But then at the same time, it's it's decades old now, which makes us all feel old, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, because yeah, it's it was on for so long, too. So that's another factor why it feels like it's current, but also very not current <laughs> at the same time. Well, we've gotten so much since then that it feels like it's it feels further away than it is, I think. Um, although it, it does share uh, a similarity with Harry Potter, the Harry Potter movies that I think is hilarious that they both began and ended in the same year, actually around the same time, because the first Harry Potter movie was November 2001. And the last movie, I think, was July 2011. Mm. So that, so I think it's interesting that these two shows about orphan boys looking for their destiny <laughs> began and ended around the same time 
And, and just like Daniel Radcliffe, we got to see Tom Welling grow up into a man. So, <laughs> well, we have a thirty-five-year-old seen... man. <laughs> we haven't we haven't seen him do drag and sing. She'll be coming around the mountain yet, though. So maybe no, uh... <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe, man, he, him and Elijah Wood, man, like they, they've really decided to just go crazy with their careers. So good on them, you know, I... trying new things. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's what actors should do. And I think that's, uh, and I, and that's really incredible for them. Um, so let's, uh, but getting back to, uh, going back to Smallville here. Um, so I'm not going to ask you like, what your origin secret origin is with Smallville, because I would just defer, uh, the folks to listen to your show for that. Um, and like Smallville, there's also like a hundred thousand episodes of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, I probably mentioned it like every episode almost. Why my <laughs> origin story? But yeah, yeah, so check that out. Yeah. Um, but what? But what made you want to do the podcast? And it's it, it's a really hefty commitment. And the fact that you're more than halfway through it um, is really impressive because a lot of a lot of people kind of I probably would have stopped at season two and just been like I'm done. <laughs> You wouldn't be the only one if you, if, you, if, if you go search it. So, so to answer your question, you know, obviously Smallville, my favorite show. Is it mm -hmm. the best show of all time? No, <laughs> but it's like my favorite comfort show. Yeah. Going such a long period of time. It was just such a constant in my life as well. Being a Superman fan, being a teenager, all those things like, which is the perfect time for me. Right. Right. So it kind of became like my default answer. Cause I, I'm a big star Trek fan. So people are like, what's your favorite show? I'm like, oh, star Trek next generation, I guess. Right. But small yeah. was a little more, a little more mainstream, a little more hip when you're a teenager. Right. So that was a, a, a safer current answer at the time <laughs> as well. And then when it goes on for 10 years, it's like, that becomes my answer for 10 straight years. Right. So yeah. Uh, you know, me and some friends, you know, Lance Laster, who you've had on the show, and uh, he's a host of Always on the Arrow, so check that out. Uh, we, we, we were friends since high school, and, um, you know, we had dabbled into some podcasting. Every now and then on my Patreon, I kind of release, like, here's something Lance and I recorded in the time before time, right? But <laughs> it, it became like there's so many people out there, you know, as, as, as a podcaster yourself, you, you've seen this, I'm sure, like so many people are like, I have a podcast, right? Not these days, right? Right. And it's like, okay, so what, what's an angle, right, that I can take? Like, what, what's going to separate us from, like, just doing, okay, guys, well, did you see the trailer for The Matrix today? Or that kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yep. Which, which, by the way, is, yeah, I, I'm very also very excited <laughs> for The Matrix trailer. Uh, <laughs> you, you had just talked about that, but you, you, you get my meeting, right? Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I was like, you know what? You know what? You know what we should talk about? We should talk about Smallville, right? Because it was at the time it had been over small, yeah, you know, it just said 2011. Mm -hmm. So the around 2000, uh, this is 2016 is when I launched the podcast, which is the that being five years ago now, as of this recording, <laughs> feels yeah. like as long ago as Smallville. Right. So I was like, you know what? I wonder if anyone did a podcast on this, right? And I looked around. And there was no one other than the Starkville House of L, which I never listened to. I think they started around season five or six mm -hmm. of the show when it was on the air. And I just, I just never listened to it. I didn't really get into podcasts like listening until like 2009 or 2010, I think. And um, I was like, okay, well, there's only this one. And they haven't done anything since the show was over, right? So it's, you know, five years at this point. I'm like, I think, I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the Smallville podcast, right? And, uh, I kind of went around with like, what's a good name for this podcast? It's like level three, level 33 for one. These are all ideas. Like these are kind of deep cuts, you know? Right, right. I'm like, ah, but you know what? You want the name of the show in the title. So people will search. People aren't going to search and find level 33.1, right? They're right. going to search Smallville. 
Uh, and that can be a subtitle, but it's like, no, no, no. What's, what's a word with Smallville? And then I thought the finale always fall in the Smallville. Yep. Right. Perfect. And that's kind of become my brand, right? Because I've, I have some Patreon podcasts with that same always hold on to uh, Lance and Kev on arrow have the, you know, always hold on to brand going on there. And, and um, so, so that's kind of where that came from. And, and yeah, I just decided to go for it. And I was like, how are you going to cover it? I'm like, well, I guess we'll just do every single episode at the time. It seemed like less work. Cause you're like, I don't have to think about topics. I just, what's next. We'll talk about this episode. Right. But now it's like, Oh, I have 218 <laughs> episodes to talk about, but then all <laughs> so many other things come up along the way. It's like, cause at the time Batman versus Superman came out. I'm like, well, we should talk about that. That's a Superman special, right? Or Supergirl right. premiered. I'm like, well, we should talk about that. So at the time I was like, let's see if I do probably two or three seasons a year, I'll be done in like three or four years, right? About four years, right? And here I am five years later, just over halfway done. But uh, life happens, other things happen, fun tangents, the friends you make along the way. So um, I, I don't really see it as a chore. It's like, you know, it's like, this is this is a hobby and I enjoy it. And I take my breaks when I do and I come back. And, and, and you know, a lot of people have, like you have said, hey, I, I'm good on you for sticking through it. And I would just, I would feel so like, like income, like it'd be such an incomplete thing in my life if I didn't. <laughs> see this through like yeah. who's to say what happens when the show's over like you know i, I still want to keep podcasting obviously it's in such a big part of my life now right but you know it's it, i'm gonna do all 10 seasons right i'm gonna do it so i i thought you know it's, it's funny because i've listened to other shows that try to do it and you try to do what you do and i think what you do well is the fact that you're not just it's not just a couple of people talking about the show and you know or whatever you you actually you have the companions you know that were written uh throughout the show at least for the first seven seasons um but uh you know and you get into like oh this actor was also in this and you know and and then this was a storyline i heard about that they were going to do and i find that to be so much more interesting than if it was just you just going oh so you know clark does this in the episode and then we're done you know it's like it, it you know because that that wouldn't be nearly as interesting and wouldn't have become as popular as it has. Um, you know, cause obviously I'm not the only one, you know, that's part of the Patreon and you're one of a few Patreons I'm on, like probably only a couple actually, because it's like, no, I, I like this and I appreciate what you guys do here because there's a feeling of inclusiveness and like, so I can listen to the show and feel like I'm a part of the conversation as opposed to other shows that's just like, and, and I'm learning something about, you know, one of my favorite shows versus just like, like, wow, he just talked about the episode. That was kind of dumb. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. I tried to bring something more to it. Cause obviously the companions are written by Craig Byrne from Krypton sites. So shout yep. out to him. Krypton sites still exist. Everybody go check it out. Right. But yep. Uh, those are a great resource, you know, just doing some internet research, IMDb, right? Just, yeah, it's, and I, I put some time into like the research uh, because I want to bring something to it. And I'll, and I, and it's like, and this is, this is like the most pretentious thing ever, right? But it's, I want it to be like the definitive, like, okay, I've covered everything, yeah. right? So it's like, that's why these podcasts are, these podcasts are something twice as long as the episodes themselves just talking <laughs> about it. But you get into a good conversation, wonder every now and then I have three people maybe on, or even four in really special occasions for episodes, right? Yeah. But I try to keep it, you know, just two people because even that can go on and on because I, I enjoy the tangents we go on. I enjoy that. But I want to just, like, I want to mention everything that I would have to say about it because, like, I don't think I'll ever talk about, like, these episodes in this depth ever again. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, I want to get, okay, I want to cover this actor. I know I've talked about this. I'm going to find out this. I want to get that out there, get it on record, and then move on from it, right? So yeah. that's kind of why I try to be as thorough 
So I, I thank you for appreciating that because I do like to try, because, but there's a place for like, and I think, you know, there's a place for all the different kinds of podcasts. Like people are just like, who, like an episode just aired, you know, like recording it that night, that reactionary thing, that's its own flavor. But this being a, being a retrospective, right. Having the, having the advantage to like, okay, it's been the dust has settled. Time has gone on right now. We can kind of look back and that's why I have spoilers in like every single episode. I don't know. Some people <laughs> might not like that. I, you know, it's a, at this point, it's a 20 year old show. Like we said, it's been off the air for like a decade now. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to tell you that doomsday shows up and he kills Henry James Olsen, right? Spoilers <laughs> for season eight, right? Just yeah. because I, I feel like, like, I, and, and it's interesting how some podcasts, they'd be like, we're going to approach it. Like, we don't know what's coming. That is interesting. And I, I, sure. I don't, I don't say that's the wrong way to do it. But I, I didn't want to, I want to talk about, I want to talk about the Veritas window not being there for seven <laughs> years, right? These are the things I want to talk about. And if I acted like I didn't know what was coming, I couldn't do that. So that's kind of been my approach. No, I, I appreciate it because, it, you know, if anybody's watching and is, or listening, I should say, and spoiled by anything, it's like, okay, well, the show's been out forever. It's on Hulu. You know, like you can, um, you know, it, you have access to these things. So I, I would, wouldn't hold you accountable for that anyway and yeah. and i you know and i have a lot of friends that and i've been on some of those shows where it's like oh you know the newest episode of one division just came out or in our case now it's what if that's going on disney plus so let's talk about the episode in our next podcast and i think you know that's fine that's cool and there's people that do like the oh let's talk about pop culture news or whatever that's fine that's cool um it's just sometimes you know, and I do some pop, of that. Pop, pop, pop culture news is the is the the attempt that me and Lance and some friends made. It just it's hard because like, what are you gonna do? Like, have a show every day? Like, you're out of like, hey, let's talk about what's happened over the last month. And then there's, you know, it's 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 hard to stay on top of that. You know what I mean? It, well, not only that, but it it also dates the show because you're and and no offense to people who do that because I listen to those shows and I yeah, have a lot of friends of to do that. That's fun. And, yeah. But at the same time, it's like. If you're talking about, oh, we're so excited because we just, you know, we just found out that, you know, J.J. Abrams and Tennessee Coates are making a Black Superman movie. And then like a year from now, let's say they don't make the movie for whatever reason. It's like, OK, well, that's like almost irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, they, they become interesting to listen back to for sure. You yeah. know, like, oh, I can't. Well, what's going to happen? The Star Wars sequels. Right. You know, right. Or, or, right. But, but then it's like, what is the re-listenability? Right. And so I've, I've had people that tell me like they re-listen to the podcast, which is great. Like it's to have something that's enjoyable enough for you want to like re-listen to the podcast to go along with the episode you're watching. That's a great compliment. So I love it whenever people tell me that, too. I mean, it feels like I'm doing something right when people are listening to it more than once. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it, there's an evergreen quality to it. Um, and I think that, uh, and, you know, a lot of shows, it's like, I'll, I'll, if I'm watching something, like, then I want to, like, be like, oh, I wonder if this actor has ever done a podcast or as an interview out there I can listen to. Uh, and sometimes that's, like, from, like, three or four or five years ago. And it's like, okay, well, I wish there was something more recent. But, hey, they can talk about what they were doing back then, I guess. Um but, uh, but yeah, but having that evergreen quality, which is what I wanted to do with this show too. So yeah, we're talking 20 years of Smallville, but somebody could listen to this a year or two years from now and still feel like, oh, okay, like our opinions probably aren't going to change This too much. is so out of date. It's been 25 <laughs> years of Smallville. What am I going to waste my time listening to this for? So yeah. We'll, we'll come back in, uh, in 2026. <laughs> we'll do yeah. a follow-up episode. After do an update, yeah. yeah and exactly. I, I, will, I, I will say the, uh, you know, like you're doing this podcast yourself and you have guests that rotate through. And I think that's, 
that to me, that's been a, been a value. Like I've made a lot of great friends. Yeah. Right? I've met people I never would have met, you know, that patrons like yourself coming on. Right. So it's like, uh, you, the whole, the whole, to me, the whole point of these is like, yeah, I love this show and I want to talk about it, but I also like want to connect with other fans. And this is yeah. in the 21st century. This is how you do it. Right. And so like, and I, you know, Lance and I discussed like, should we do it just the two of us? And it's like, I felt like, man, like that's such a burden. Like, like I am willing to take on the, like, I'm going to do every one of these episodes. Like I feel bad, like to impose, like, okay, you're going to do all these with me. Right. I mean, that's, <laughs> and having a rotating, you know, cast. Now, if you go back to that first season, you know, Lance was on like probably half the episode of, of the podcast, right? Lance is probably on half the episodes Had a few other good friends, you know, shout out to, to Nick Magdoza, who was on a lot of episodes too. Yeah. other friends from college or high school were on there. Um, and then from that, I kind of built like, okay, this is the show. And then I met other people through that. And then, you know, the Matt Trixes of the world or the guys like that, you know, like the, the people who I've met through this, who've become close friends, who are regular guests, like that's so cool. And then it brings a fresh perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh, we know what, you, you guys know what I'm going to say almost <laughs> like <laughs> what my take is, sure. but it's cool to have and many new people bringing on fresh voices and stuff. That's fun for, for me. And I hope it's fun for the listeners too. Um, it, it definitely is. Um, and I was, I was actually, as of this recording, just on uh, a friend of mine just did a, a, is doing a scream podcast and, and I just, he announced it and I found him through another mutual friend I met through podcasting. And I reached out to him and said, I love the scream movies. I'd love to talk to you about this. And he was like, okay, what do you want to talk about? And then, you know, as we were recording, you know, I joked with him cause he came on my show uh, he literally sent me a Facebook friend request as we were talking. And he was like, and I was just like, oh, good. We're becoming friends now. <laughs> it's so interesting. Never talked to you in my life, but this is fun, you know, that we get to meet and talk and, uh, and we, you know, never would have done that despite actually he doesn't live very far from me, but it's like, we never would have done this if we didn't have this mutual, almost random interest, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. It's uh, this is the way we do it right? The yep. 21st century. It's, it's a great way to connect. So, um, po- podcasting is, is such an interactive thing yeah. too. If you, if, if, I mean, but you know, a lot of people just listen and that's cool too. You know, it's like people listen cause I used to listen to talk radio, all like sports radio, talk radio all the time. Mm-hmm. I never would call in or anything. I just enjoyed listening. I'm sure for, you know, I, I feel this way for every, you know, comment you get, there's probably a hundred other people out there who are listening. They just didn't comment. And sure. I've been the same, like you, people aren't going to necessarily comment on everything. They, they uh they listen to i think it's funny and you everybody can go to my twitter and see this like if i'll post like a gif of something gif or what do you say gif or gif by the way gif yeah okay good yeah i, I think i go back and forth i'm gonna but if i <laughs> just to cover my bases but if i say if i post a gif of something of like clark and chloe kissing like season five coming up right yeah i'll get like 80 100 likes and you know, i post the actual episode eh, 17 <laughs> likes it's only like what I don't, did you all listen? Did we just, like, it's just, social media is hard to gauge is what I'm saying. So, so. yeah, no, it, it, it's a strange beast for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, but getting into the, uh, the actual show, um, it's, you know, I, I remember watching it, uh, you're being really excited to watch it. Um, cause I remember hearing that they were trying to do a Bruce Wayne show and that didn't work because the movie people shut that down and, People will be confused, JJ. <laughs> yeah, it, it won't understand. Yeah, it, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know why that was the thinking. It never made any sense. And I'm so happy when you said that on your show 
he really doesn't make any sense when they were doing that with Smallville and Superman. I was just like, yes, it's just, it's fine. But this is besides the point. But when they announced the Clark Kent show, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I think that Clark Kent is one of the few characters you could actually do this type of show with and have it be interesting. Because like a young Bruce Wayne show, that probably, I mean, let's not count Gotham. Let's say like they went a different way. Where... Let's not count Gotham. I agree. <laughs> but uh, if they had done like Bruce Wayne, like every season was in a different place and he was doing different kinds of training, you know, that might be kind of cool. But like with Clark, it's like, you know, he has powers and we can show him developing those powers and we can have Kryptonite give people powers, which is weird, but it works for the show. Whatever. I, I never, really, never really bothered me, to be honest with you. Um, but it's interesting. But it's interesting enough to watch him grow as a character um, and grow into being Superman versus, um, you know, like you, like you couldn't do a Peter Parker show, right? Like that would not be interesting. That would, that would make no sense. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> um, and it no, just, I, know, I know exactly what you mean, right? I think Bruce Wayne works because we know like there's a, like he traveled the world and some, and most versions, right? He, he trained, like you could really do a, a guy going around like there's a re, there's a re, other than Batman being super popular there's actually a story there's a precedent for a story for Bruce Wayne right um but that is a real exception because most of these other heroes like you said Peter Parker he's not there's nothing to say until he gets bit by the spider right right Barry Allen there's nothing to say until he gets struck by lightning mm-hmm. Hal Jordan there's nothing to say until he gets the ring like you go on and on and on that's to stop people from trying apparently right because this this obsession about the <laughs> non-hero heroes now Bruce Wayne is a kid living in Gotham City no like no show yeah. us him as a younger man or, or like a young man you know 20s early 20s or something yep. traveling the world as you said right now clark king right he has the powers he has the the origin he has the spaceship he has the kryptonite like the stuff is there there's material there and he does and he doesn't have to be superboy flying around either like it was part of the shit the idea of smallville is like let's not have that no flights no tights yeah, yeah. which tom welling took a little too close to heart in my, in my opinion i but, agree yes <laughs> But you hear about they try to do these other like I remember like they were talking about a Grayson show like this is not a joke right like they were talking like a you remember this did you see yep. this no I was actually reading earlier today uh, I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to a sh- like DC TV shows that never happened and that was one of them and I remember that because I was like that would be the dumbest plot in the world like, like- what is he five years old when it starts and <laughs> it's a five year show and he's getting his parent like five-year-old in the circus you know yeah. I, unless he's like i guess batman forever hold us chris o'donnell's supposed to be <laughs> supposed to be maybe 16 which is why he would need a guardian but he yeah, looks- but then he calls him like how about dick grayson college student i'm like yeah, yeah that's you you look 20 20- five <laughs> exactly yes <laughs> no one will take him in bruce he's a grown-ass man anyway but you yes. can't like you could do it older but i still don't want to see a dick grayson show where he's you know in the circus right. like that's a flashback episode of a show about robin like that's not a series yeah and just because it, it's like they always learn the, the wrong lessons right like hey smallville was like a great success what other heroes can we tell the story of before they're the hero i'm like no 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 why don't you just tell the story of yeah. fill in the blank wonder woman there's no nothing to say there because she's on the island like you can't you can't do anything with these characters until show us the show us the stories we want like these are all good graphic novel one-offs and and flashback episodes but not to base series off of so yeah it, it i i think uh in terms of learning the wrong lesson i 
I thought that a lot when I was thinking about Birds of Prey, where I was like, you know, and I know you and, and Matt Truex did your whole like Patreon stuff with Birds of Prey. And and I, I can enjoy the show kind of for what it is. I think Dina Myers, you know, the best live action Barbara Gordon we've gotten, although technically we've only gotten two now with Savannah Welch. Um, although she's okay too. But well, anyway. you had Yvonne Craig and, and the Batman oh, that's 66 right. show. Right? Oh, that's right. I almost forgot about her. Um, yeah. Fun tidbit about her. I didn't realize until I was watching the show was that the red hair was a part of her cowl. I never knew that. Um, that, that is a cool way to throw people off, right? Yeah. Like Bat, Batwoman had, took that idea. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, I wonder when they created Kate Kane, if that's where they got the idea from. Um, but, uh, but anyway, uh, with like Birds of Prey, it's like, you know what would have been cool is like if they had Smallville on and it was about Clark Kent, you know, with powers, if they had not given Helena powers, you know, because I think, because like right off the bat, I was laughing rewatching it. It was like, you know, you know, uh, Helena Wayne or Helena Wayne or Helena Kyle, uh, part part or half metahuman. And I was like, why just half? That why isn't she just metahuman? <laughs> yeah, it's like you're, that's true. It you doesn't work that way. You don't understand I'm, your own mythology. <laughs> yeah, you're not. Yeah, it's not a ethnicity or something. It's, right. a, it's a genetic thing, right? right? So it's yeah, yeah, yeah. You're and then just the whole as a pseudo sequel to the Burton Schumacher movies, but not really. They're like, well, she was kind of supernatural, and that was just an odd. Uh, yeah, but, but to the lessons part, they're like, well, we did a Superman show without Superman. Let's do a Batman show without Batman. But right. the miscalculation is Clark Kent is the main character of yes. the show and everything revolves around him and Lex Luthor and the Kents, right? And then, of course, all the Metropolis stuff that comes in, like all the stuff is there, like the, the, as opposed to Birds of Prey, for example. If, if you want to look at that as a Batman show, you gotta, if you yeah. look at it as something else... It works on its own, but you cannot look at it as a Batman show. So right, right, I I agree with that, um, and I think that the the strength of Smallville was um, how it sort of slowly started to embrace the Superman mythos. I think, in, in my opinion, the the two of the biggest missteps in the entire show is one that I think Clark should have started wearing glasses a lot sooner. Um, because like in in uh, was it season three whisper right yeah, uh, yeah. he he wears glasses and I was like oh he's wearing glasses now great and then they for they, like twenty minutes <laughs> yeah they were gone by the end of the episode I was like okay uh, and another one being the the Lana relationship that the like I've been rewatching some of the show and like uh, I was just like man like this he she should have found out the secret a long time ago it's weird that he kept it from her for so long and it just it just really is um and i'm glad that when lois finally found out that it was not as slow of a burn for them to figure them to come together and be a a really cool power couple um so well, well, my... well, she was on the show for six years by that point <laughs> well true right. but I, I feel like her not learning the secret until later it is is more of a lois and clark type of thing like the show, season eight is basically almost a remake of Lois and Clark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they were, they were kind of, and they weren't even really together until like season nine. So they're like, okay, right. they were like a year and then they found out as opposed to Lana where it's like on and off for, for six years of her truly on and off in relationships. Yes. Uh, so I, uh, I see, I see your point there. Yeah. It, and, I, I, and I'm a hundred percent with you on the glasses too, by the way. <laughs> so <laughs> um, the, the flying is whatever, you know, he did a bunch of tall leaps 
um, which is all right, all right, whatever budget, whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I'm fine with the flying. Like yeah. that's like your all that's your final level achievement unlocked thing. Right, right. Um, now, would I I wanted to see a Superman suit being worn by the actor who played Clark for ten years? Uh, yeah, like yeah. I think that's part of the deal, right? <laughs> I'm, I love Tom Welling, I do, right? But yeah. all this. They, well, we hadn't earned it yet, and all these things he says, and like Tom, why don't you just tell me, like, be straight with us and say, I'm not going to wear a costume. I think it's ridiculous, right? Just I would respect that more if he just came out and said because that has to be what it was, right? I mean, right. I, I think, uh, but I also think it's funny that we can now say that because uh, Tom Welling is in, kind of infamous for saying, I never played Superman, I just played Clark Kent, um, which is technically not true when you think about it, but. Um, but I think what's funny about it is that if we're going to go that route and he says, I don't, I never played Superman, we can say that Justin Hartley has played Superman. Uh, <laughs> Voicing Superman, you yes. mean, in the, in yep. the in Injustice animated show? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> which I think is kind of funny that uh, Justin Hartley can claim that, but, you know, Tom Welling either doesn't want to claim it or doesn't think he can claim it it's so strange i i mean he and i and i get that like he was never into the comics and that's fine right yep. i mean he he clearly took the show very seriously i mean he he worked very hard on it for 10 years he became a, a, a he was a great director yeah in the last half of the show and directed yep. some great episodes and then uh was executive producer at the end so it's not like he was phoning it in or whatever he just had a real aversion to wearing a costume and Hey, you know, coming back in crisis, he's, they've still found a way around it. And at this point, I've really have come to peace with it. And I kind of enjoy the cleverness of, of like, all right, we're still not going to show him in a costume. But yeah, I mean, I, I, always, I did and I always will feel cheated that we didn't see him in a Superman costume in this show. Like, and, I, and I've said this before, right? It's like if the show lasted five or even seven years, right? And we ended with the shirt rip. I'm like, okay, that's cool. But yeah. they go 10 years and do all the things we did in seasons eight, nine, and 10 with him in different jackets and shirts and shirt rips and running yeah. around Metropolis. Like you needed something more than that. Um, so yeah. I did not like the jacket in season 10. I thought it looked dumb. Thank like, you. I, just... <laughs> I think we were, we're some of the few. I, I, I talked to a lot of people and I, I love the season nine look, you know, I, I know I... it's like black suit Superman or whatever. Right. And that's its own conversation these days. It seems to be, Yeah. but the trench coat looks like a Cape. And to me, the Cape is like, not a lot of heroes wear capes, you know, not all heroes wear capes, right? It's, you know, but that's such a Superman thing to have a cape and like those shots where he's up on the daily planet sitting there and like the, the, the trench coats flapping behind him and all that. I'm like, that is your, like, I guess at the time it was like, it's like the matrix inspired, you know, I, Superman. Yeah. Uh, but that was fine. I mean, that to, to us in 2000, what, eight or nine, whatever year that was when season nine was, uh, that was that was a revelation to us, right? Yeah. Uh, having watched the show for so long, and I don't, it felt like a step backwards to go to the red jacket. I'm like, you had a red jacket for yeah. years, and we, I feel, and yeah, it has a like embroidered S on it now, but it's like a biker jacket with the, I don't know, it's, yeah. it's fine as like um as a collectible, but sure. as Superman wearing that, like it feels like a, I felt the evolution from the season nine suit to like okay Superman, but it's that felt like a step back. So I, I'm with you on the season 10 costume. I, I was not the biggest fan of it, no. Well, plus with, with like the black t-shirt and the trench coat, like we could get a shirt rip. They, they did that a couple times and that's so cool. It's like, okay, like they're, they're still doing Superman stuff. Um, I mean, eight, nine and 10 might as well have been re, renamed Metropolis at that point um, because it basically became that type of show. 
which is totally fine. I think that that evolution was great. And I love the way you put it. You put it kind of the same way I do, where it's like, there's the high school years, one through four. There's, you call it, well, you, on your show, you call it the college dropout years. Yes. Um, <laughs> from five to seven. Right. Um, and then like eight to 10 is, is the uh, metropolis years. And by that point, I, I didn't mind not having the suit. I did mind the glasses because at that point, by the time season eight kind of gets going, it, it, at that point, it turns into a Superman show anyway. Like I said, it's basically become Lois and Clark. Um, and, and, I, and I love that about it where I was like, okay, like I can, I can dig this uh, for what it is now um, versus like it, it, to me, it earned that spot. Uh, it reinvented itself versus uh, just if they had just done another, an eighth year with Lex almost finding out the secret, it, <laughs> you know. Uh, well, I, that, I mean, how can Clark Kent move to Metropolis and, you know, we're talking some criticisms now. We should get into some stuff we love celebrating this show. But <laughs> sure. but I will say, like, like, how can he move to Metropolis with, and work there without glasses for three years? And then at the end of season 10, he's like, starts to act like, oh, oh look at me. I'm Christopher Reeve. You get it? Yeah. I'm like, yep. no, what? No, no. He just should have been, like, worn glasses from Metropolis. And I would have, like, okay, he lived in Smallville, and now he's here, even though it's, like, where is Metropolis in relation to Smallville? We have a lot of fun with that on the podcast because it's always shifting. It's not we, consistent it's at all. <laughs> three hours, 30 minutes, right? You got Chloe driving to work every day from the town to the Daily Planet. Six-hour commute. Are you kidding me? But my point is, like, I would have, like, okay, I'll forgive you. You never thought you were going to get this far. But sure. now that you're here, if you're not going to wear a Superman costume... You need to wear some glasses, right? And they there would be one episode each season, like he'd wear the glasses for some reason, right, right. And then they just, oh, we're not like, like I, I don't even know why they went back on it. I think was it like sometime in season eight? It's he's in like the one of those copy rooms with Lois. He's like, oh, I'm kind of near. I have a secret. I'm kind of nearsighted. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, well then, why did you not keep wearing them? Like Tom, like, are you that against glasses as well? Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 interesting, you know, but. I, I don't know. It's uh, I will say that if they had just said Metropolis is an hour away, I do know people that do an hour commute to work. So that I could have bought. Um, but I mean, that's a whole other conversation. But right. that's, that's how I <laughs> rationalized it later. I was like, well, maybe they meant three hour round trip. I don't know. I have to head yeah. cannon that, you know, and just, you know, talk myself down a little bit. Um, one, one thing I did want to talk about, and I think about this a lot, that I think you know, like you kind of joked before we got to watch Tom Welling grow up a little bit, but, uh, but in a way we kind of did, I think who Clark is from season one to who he is by the end of the, the season 10, I think is really fantastic because you lit, I literally, you, we literally watch him walk straighter. He, you know, he doesn't like have his head down the whole time. You know, he has, he looks more like a man. He looks like He's been through some stuff. He's more confident in himself and he's not afraid to face, you know, whatever he's got to face. Whereas in the first couple episodes, he literally says, I'm going through changes here and I'm scared. I think that we as the audience got to watch him earn that to become a man, you know, like, I mean, Tom Welling in real life was, you know, 24, 25 when he was cast. But, um, but by the end of it, I, I believed that, this young man had grown into a man, you know? 
Yeah, and there's that, and there's the fact that Tom Willie becomes a much better actor. Well, that's true. I mean, yeah. can, I mean, he was a model before, and he done little acting, and he was no, he was good. I mean, mm-hmm. in the early seasons, and um, but he really becomes a stronger, well, a strong actor, uh, yeah. in the and especially the the second half of the show. Uh, I, I love the episodes where he's like a mentor figure. Like you have your Ryan's and yeah. you know, younger kids around, like whenever he can be that like older brother, Superman. Yep. I really feel like this is Superman here, like taking a younger guy under his wing. So I, I, a lot of the, the complaints about the characters and stuff like it's because of the this cycle, like, like, well, we got to keep going. So we got to reset your character. If they would just, right. and that's why eight, nine and 10 are so refreshing because they, they were pushing him forward. And he wasn't like, you know, as you said, like this, this guy you know just afraid of things and and stuck yeah. in you know relationship drama all the time like i mean that's part of a part of the show is relationship drama right it's a cw wb show yeah it's gonna be part of the dna but they, they found a better way around it by shaking it up and um but no i think that's that's why you know no one will ever play superman longer than tom welling or clark kent right? yeah. just yeah exactly. if you add up the time no i i you hear it for me right now, there'll be no other Superman show that goes 10 years. It's just not going to happen. So, yeah, uh, no, I, I think you're right about that. And, and kind of, and not to sound like a jerk when I say it this way, but it's almost like who would, el- who else would want to? Cause Tom Willing's big thing was in signing on for those last couple of years was he was worried because it's like, well, if I don't say yes to the renewal, then a lot of people are going to lose their jobs. So I think there was a part of that that worried him. He didn't want to be responsible for, you know, a lot of people having to find work. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I think I, I go back and forth where it's like, you know, and I, and I, and I love the way you put it on your show too, where you're like, I, I kind of wish it had just been a five, five-year show, but it also like, th- this was a different time. You know, I'm sure you see those memes on Facebook where it's like, you know, kids today will never understand watching a show with your sibling where you go to the kitchen or you go to the bathroom and then you, you it's coming this, back you, like, it's on and you have to like <laughs> <Hurry up. laughs> race across the room because if you missed it you missed it yeah like, th- this i think when season three started was when like the dvd sets started being started coming out because that was yeah. a new thing like yeah like they were like a hundred dollars they were crazy yeah <laughs> standard def dvds yeah so i i remember buying i would buy them at best buy like the day they came out because it was like 20 or 30 percent off something like that as like the first week discount and so i bought them then and then not realizing that well if i just waited a few years like (laughs) it i could just watch them all together or it would be ten dollars at the Black Friday sale or something. Um, well, you, you know what's funny is, is the the way people watch the show, right? And um, you know, I've had a lot of people. You know, you watched it as it came out on the WB and the CW, right? So, right. and a lot of us did. A lot of people, a lot of people discovered it through DVDs later, right? Binge watched mm-hmm. it. You know, like uh, like Kev, you know, Devonte yeah. Chillis. Uh, he watched it in a very short span of time when he was on deployment. You know, and, yeah. And, yeah. And, um, but then people, you know, I've had people like uh, Victoria Mala, who's been a guest, uh, she, she found it through ABC family. I was, yeah. like, <laughs> I was like, and she's not the only one. Like there's so many people have found it through, through that. I'm like, hey, good for you, ABC family for getting the word out about Smallville. So it's, yeah. it's, and that was important back then, because again, this is not today where everything's available on, Oh, what streaming service is it on? Let me go look it up. And even when I started the podcast, you know, to get back to that for a second, Smallville was not available streaming anywhere. Yeah. Right. And so I think it was like, I think I had 
was in season two or had, or maybe season three and like Smallville came to Hulu and it was like the biggest deal, right? And so I would always like rebroadcast the fact that, hey, Smallville's on Hulu, Smallville's on Hulu, everybody <laughs> yeah, go check. Yeah. That's good for me, right? The more people can watch a show, listen to your podcast, like that helps <laughs> when the shows can be seen by people, right? So that was right. a big deal, like that, that being on Hulu. I, I'm still a little salty that it didn't make its way to DC Universe when it was still showing you know tv and movies <laughs> for but that what two, two one year two years how long was like that? just a little over two i think yeah because then they launched hbo max mm-hmm. and the people at warner brothers marketing must have just looked at each other and been like are we the dumbest people on the planet like <laughs> um i still warner have brothers see- is so uncoordinated <laughs> clearly so there's oh, a whole other conversation um i am glad that they're kind of loosening the reins a little bit if we can have superman and lois and you know we can have Batwoman like we get like Poison Ivy is going to be a main villain uh, next season, which is cool. Um, and like they're they're kind of understanding now, like oh the multiverse. I'm like yes, this thing that's existed in your comic books for 80 years, you're finally understanding you can do in live action. You can have your Joker movie, but it has nothing to do with your Robert Pattinson Batman. And people aren't going to be confused by it. They're just going to be excited to get new content. Um, so, you know, it's like, it doesn't make any sense that, because, but they were doing it back then too, weren't they? Because Superman Returns came out during <laughs> Smallville. Yeah. And then it did affect Smallville for whatever reason. They're like, all right, we got to make the fortress look the same. And you guys yeah, are using yeah. crystals now. I'm like, but, but why? Like, clearly this is not the same thing, right? But I don't know. So yeah, I, who knows? Um, and then they use the Superman Returns suit as a prop, <laughs> but in the show, like that's a, that's crazy to me. Like it was, Superman Returns was a, was a blip on the radar of Smallville. Yeah, basically, right, right in the middle there. So, yeah. I, it's funny because they they used that suit probably if for no other reason than it was just cheaper than making a new suit, um, which is you know which is fine. I didn't bother me, um, but especially since Tom wasn't going to wear it, it didn't matter. What exactly, it was. he just wore he just wore a green t shirt and they just do it later. Uh, as opposed to uh, Gotham, the last episode, which was not good. Um, but you know, they put David Mazu or David Mazuz in the in a really shitty looking Batman suit, and I was just like, That was have, horrible. You that have, was you have so many fucking Batman suits at your disposal you could put him in literally any one of them and you made this crappy one that looks like the like what you need to how, how to cut a pizza <laughs> as the, as it the, is as the ad plate what was he was he like cgi aged with on a stuntman's body or something like I, what was that i think it was just a camera trick to make it him was a taller. very odd looking and the, the suit looked horrible and you're absolutely right like you know the on star commercials from the 2000s like oh yeah yeah those were amazing those could have yeah. been like batman 5 like basically a repainted george clooney suit but that's like right. you said that you have so many batman costumes yep just fit him in one sort of and then yeah. just that was in like gotham's its own conversation right but it's like <laughs> the, for your fu- look i'll take smallville not in the costume final shot with a shirt rip a thousand times over that it's just that that's just insulting right yeah. it's like i don't understand how did you make something worse than you already had? <laughs> you already it, had it's it, it's a baffling decision to say the least <laughs> um but uh so let let's get into um the uh, the big the big big 
topic that I think is universally praised about the show, which is the Luthers. Um, yes, yes. They, you know, as, as much as, you know, I say, you know, we got to watch Tom Welling grow as the character and he, you know, became a better actor, more mature and everything. Um, we, I, I, we got that with Michael Rosenbaum right off the bat. He was already a very talented actor, but his, let me put it this way. Okay, I remember going to the panel at um, New York Comic Con right after Arrow premiered. And so it's like the first episode Arrow came out and they re-showed some clips and everything. And somebody in line said, hey, are you guys going to have Merlin become, Tommy Merlin become the bad guy? Or are we going to have to wait seven years to see him as, as the villain? And I, and I didn't, I, you know, I was on the other end of the, you know, auditorium, but in my mind, I was like, I want to punch you in the face. Like you don't ever, ever disrespect Lex Luthor's journey on Smallville because. Yeah. As if that's a bad thing, right? It, it, it was done. I think even by today's standards where we don't like the slow burn has kind of made its way out of these shows. Hence like arrow, everybody learning the secret in like eight minutes. <laughs> um, but to be fair, that's more the flash. Oh, that, well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, but like, but like Diggle finds out in like episode three, right. you know? Um, but yeah, the, the flash is terrible at keeping the secret. Um, even when Patty says she knows, like, just tell her, man, she's cute. She's funny. Like just you idiot. Anyway, big, so. I'm big, big, very Patty shipper here. I'm right with, there with you. So <laughs> yep. also yep. mainly because she's not his sister, but let's move on <laughs> from that. <laughs> weird so weird um but um but yeah uh but seeing michael rosenbaum's progression from one to six or one to seven and even in the finale um that's why i was a little bit i i was not happy with what they were doing with him in season eight because i felt like the, i felt like they were doing the comic book lex luther in season eight they didn't do michael rosenbaum was a totally new version that I was desperately falling in love with. And I remember watching uh, season three, uh, the second episode with my sister. And you know, when Helen pulls the gun on him in the plane and everything, she was like, oh my God, he really can't trust anybody, can he? And I was like, yeah, why do you think he turns bad? And she just like, I just watched her mind explode, you know? <laughs> um, just seeing just how much this, this poor man had gone through in his life. Of course, he goes to the dark side. Of course, he he thinks he has the world's best interests at heart, but he's just been just screwed over his entire life. And especially like with his father going wacky doodle crazy <laughs> throughout his tenure on the show, where I feel like Lionel Luther had a good trajectory too, where Lionel started off just kind of a bastard, you know, like, oh, that guy's a dick. But then by the time season three rolls around, we're all like, oh, this guy's evil. <laughs> um, and I and Lionel Luther is the one character that if you want to say overstate is welcome. OK, sure. But not in a bad way. It's almost as if you had a party with someone and the party was over, but somebody stayed and you're still just like sipping on a beer talking. I've had that before where it's like, OK, party's over. But then somebody stays and we're just talking like two more hours into the night. You know what I mean? If that make if that metaphor makes any sense. <laughs> no, that's I told. No, I, I follow you totally. I, I, that's a good analogy because he's the one. Because what annoys me in a lot of shows, say heroes. By the way, uh, always on to heroes. Maybe coming one day. I always tease it. <laughs> we'll see how I feel. 
when the time comes, but like I think about Siler, right? Yeah. Who ironically, John Glover played his dad. Spoilers on Siler on Silent and that, Heroes. And I'm pretty sure that episode was directed by Greg Beeman, if I'm not mistaken. Hashtag it's all connected, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, yes, who yes. I don't even know who Siler's what his family is anymore on Heroes. They they retconned it like five times over, but I, I literally couldn't tell you anything past season one, which the, I loved. And right, like like the woman he thought his mom was really his aunt, and then the guy he wasn't a Petrelli, even though they tried to make him think he was for a while. And anyway, John Glover, John Glover was Siler's dad. He was Doctor Savannah's dad. He created Poison Ivy, and he was of course Lex Luthor's dad. But my point is, on a show like Heroes, Siler was an incredible villain, and Zachary Kuno was an incredible actor. Right? Oh yeah. And you understand why you want to keep him around, but they ran that character into the ground by the third season. It was just like, okay, we'll pick a lane, decide like every, even to the very end, they're kind of going back and forth to the point where he like becomes a hero of the show and all this. Like, no, 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 no. With Lionel, like he was like, he escalated in season three, peak Lionel. as I call like season two and three Lionel, right? Yep. Yep. And then season four, they're like, okay, they like did something interesting with them where he's like wanted redemption to the whole, the whole transference thing with Clark. Is that why he's better? Is that not season five? I, I, they were, they didn't know, I think, if he was good or bad. They didn't want us to know. But then he <laughs> becomes an ally in season six and seven. But then he still always does very questionable things, yeah. um, like in his own way. And then, but the way like he got redemption, you know, I, I talked about this recently, actually, in, in a Patreon episode, just talking about like well, uh, the, the Luthers and stuff. But like, you know, that I like the last shot of Descent, which is the spoilers. Here we are again, right? <laughs> when yeah, he dies, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. But there's like Clark and Lex are at the grave together and Lex walks off and it's just Clark. And then you see this like beam of light coming down, like onto Lionel's grave. I'm like that, that's like visual storytelling. Like he got his redemption somewhat. I'm like, yeah. is that a character I even know what I wanted redemption for like four yeah. years ago? No. But like the fact that John Glover is so good, like he's so, and we love the show, but he's so above this material. <laughs> he's a, he's, right? yeah. he's just, he's so any scene, anything, any, any, even a horrible episode, right? He was, he was amazing. And so, and Michael Rosenbaum was also like, as you, like this whole, you know, part of the conversation here we're talking, they were the MVPs of the show, yeah. right? John Glover as, as Lionel Luther and Michael Rosenbaum was like, so any scene they had together was fantastic. And then to them be creative enough to find a way to bring, talking about justifying going 10 seasons, they find a way to bring evil Lionel back from another earth in season 10. And it's yeah. just, it's so good because it reminds you of that character you loved before but it doesn't undermine all the character progress he made over seven years. So even that version of Lionel got a little bit of redemption when he gives his heart to Lex. Um, I didn't see it that way, but sure. <laughs> I, I mean, there's, you know, um, but uh, I think, so there, there's an argument to be made, you know, that, that people go back and forth on, even the writers go back and forth on this, where it's like, is Clark the reason that Lex went bad? And I'm firmly in the camp of, no, he's not the reason. I don't think he helped at all, but he's not the reason. Because a good example being in the first season, like when there's Roger Nixon and he wants to blackmail Lex. And then Lex is just like, okay, there's your money. You know, have a good night. And then he's like, oh, by the way, if you walk out that door, I'll make you disappear. And that is that is the fourth episode, X-Ray. Yep. That is one of the most fantastic Lex Luthor scenes of the entire show. And you're right. It's yep. from the very beginning. Yep. So you're, he still had that ruthlessness in him. And it's, you, you think that could be a scene from season seven. He's so yep. cold hearted about it. Yep. And I always remember that. And that kind of, that helped that kind of stuff established of why this guy, this new young trying to be good Lex Luthor is still the Lex Luthor you're going to know. And I think that was important to establish that so early because you're right. It, it does show that he's not, he's not, he's a good guy and bad stuff happened to him. All true. 
yeah. but he would always have that edge to him. Right. So I believe this, this journey. So, yeah. And I think what Rosenbaum really brought to the role was making that journey believable and making it tragic. You know, like I said about my sister and I know other people have thought this, that we're just getting into the show that maybe didn't know much about Superman. It's like, if you know anything about Superman, you know, you know, you know, like the up, up and away, right. You know, the shirt rip, you know, the glasses, the phone booth, the kryptonite, and you know, Lex Luthor and, and Lois Lane, of course. So those are like kind of, I always kind of joke that I feel like on a tangent here real quick, that the term um, kryptonite is like so embedded in our like cultural lexicon that you're sort of born knowing it. <laughs> so you could say anything. You could just be like, like, oh, like every time I'm on a diet, I tell you, you know, like McDonald's is my kryptonite or something like that, you know. Uh, but like with Lex Luthor, it's kind of the same thing. It's somebody that everybody knows who Lex Luthor is in some way, shape or form. But having this new version where he starts off just not the bad guy, he's on the side of the angels. And then he turns and then as he slowly kind of turns, it's it's sad, especially in episodes where in later seasons when he and Clark are sort of forced to work together um, or, you know, forced to spend some sort of time together, you're, you're sitting there like, man, like the, the friendship, I miss the friendship, but it, but it had to go. It had to be done, you know? Yeah. And there, there's something about the fact that Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum have become friends, like close friends in real life. And like, yeah. kinda like it kind of makes it okay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just something about that, right? Yeah, uh, it it just it's so fun to see them still being friends and 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 interacting together and all these things and, um, but because it reminds you of those early seasons where they where they were friends on the show, right? But that's I mean that's part of the tragedy. Like it would not be, it wouldn't be such a memorable story if it had a happy ending for everybody, right? right. Like that's why he's like literally the finale has many 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 problems, but the the Lex stuff well other than until the very, very end for Lex. <laughs> the Lex stuff there is great. Where he's like, I'm sorry I couldn't save you, Lex. Right? Because yeah. that's that's a big deal for the show. And thank God Rosamond came back for the finale because this show yes. was about the Kints and the Luthers. It would have felt so, like, incomplete and disconnected from the show we had. I mean, it still does. <laughs> like, yeah. like, who? Tess and Oliver? What, what? Who are you? Why are you in my small little series finale, <laughs> right? Now, I yeah. love those characters, right? But that's, you know what, I'm, you know what I mean? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Lex coming back kind of made it like, okay, this is the show you're watching, and these are the guys, and it's about these families, and Ghost Dad Jonathan Kent is here. And <laughs> it's just everybody. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but well, that, I, that, that was totally essential. So it, it, it absolutely was. And in my mind, it's like Lex losing his memories, just it, it invalidates his arc. And I, and at the same time, it's like, I think they were too stuck on, well, and this is the problem I have with comic book adaptations across the board is that there's too much like, okay, well, we have to do it this way because that's what's in the comic books. It's like, okay, but you know, it wasn't in the comic books, kryptonite giving people powers, um, Martha Kent becoming Senator, um, like it, so what's you've I, done I, so much, you know, it's like, <laughs> right. but then I, I, I extended even beyond that to like Gwen Stacy doesn't have to die, you know, um, you don't have to kill her off, especially when it's Emma stone and she's lovely. Um, you know, we didn't, you know, uh, I, I can't think of another example right now, but, but, but stuff like that, where it's like, you're, you're strict on some things, but not the others. Um, and it just blows my mind when it's like, 
I think it would have the finale would have been exponentially better if there had been some sort of moment between Clark and Lex where um, he hits they had come to some sort of understanding right like if they had just said it, it seemed they had done that in the previous scene he's like yeah i'll always be there to stop you you know it's like the, the great men of history are are defined by their enemies and i'm like okay yeah. this is so brilliant like he's gonna know it's like a professor x magneto thing like we both yes. know what each other are all about but we're gonna like out of respect for who we were and who we grew up to be together we're gonna i don't know like they didn't yeah. have to they didn't have to explain anything there was the yeah. last episode it, it, there was no reason. Uh, that's the worst thing Smallville ever did was erase the Lex memory at the end. It's the worst thing they ever did. You didn't have to explain a damn thing because yep. the show was over. Just Even, like the bumbling Clark Kent thing, right? It's like, oh, well, we got to make you yeah. like Christopher Reeve. Why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> but but even beyond that, the the Smallville season eleven comic, which I absolutely love and I reread quite frequently, I I think he could have gotten his memories back there and it could have made it better for me, but they didn't, they still didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe, maybe he got his memories back somehow in my head, Ken, and that's the way yeah, I'll see yeah, it. But it's, uh, maybe, maybe they'll do a Smallville season 12 someday. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. But, uh, but, uh, but let me, but so let me, let me, you know, ask you um, on a, I don't want to say a personal note, but you know, you're a big uh, Clawley or not Clawley, uh Clark shipper. The Chloe and Clark. C-H-L-A-R-K. Yes, yes, yes. yes. How do you you process like the Alex Mack stuff or Alex Mack? Alex, the secret life of Alex (laughs) Mack indeed. Well, well, I guess so. Uh, Alice and Mack stuff now um, as as such a diehard Chloe fan, it, I mean, it's heartbreaking as it is, but it, it also just... I rewatched the show and it's a little bit the same way I rewatched Buffy, all this stuff about Joss Whedon comes to light. And it's like, it doesn't ruin the show for me, but it does, it does taint it just a little bit. You know, I don't know if you agree or what do you think? It's, you know, whenever I'm on other people's podcasts, this people always ask me, and I understand that you have to ask, right? It's because yeah. like Smallville uh, is unfortunately in the public consciousness more because of the Alice and Max stuff in the real right. world, right? And as look, as, as people who assimilate multimedia and fiction, you have to separate the fiction from the reality, right? You have yeah. to, the art, the art from the artist, right? That's the, the most common term right. separating that. And you, you have to do that. Right. And I, it does help that the fact that, and this is just, as I understand it, right. There's so many documentaries and podcasts you can go and learn about the Allison Mack next to stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. None of her truly criminal messed up activity didn't start till after the show. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like she, it's not like, she was off doing this in between seasons and you know, branding people and whatnot. Right. And this is, this was not what she was doing when she was another, like this happened after right now she right. was in Nexium. Kristen Kirk was in Nexium, right. right? Like she's the one who introduced her to it. I can only imagine how she feels right. having brought her friend into this, having her friend get sucked in, she leaves. Right. Um, and things got really crazy, you know, after, you know, the show. So, so on, on that level that, does that make sense? Like that helps yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that it's not like the secret stuff going on behind the scenes, literally behind the scenes of the show. Right. Um, Look, there's so many scenes, situations, lines of dialogue, you know, that are said on the show. And you're like, Alice, the Alice and Mac stuff really, <laughs> you know, it recontextualizes that. Um, like, you know, and I, on the podcast, like sometimes we, 
So we, we, it's a serious thing, right? And yeah, yeah. so, so we, we try to, we try to treat it like I try not to talk about it very much, sure, to be sure. honest, on the show. But then, you know, we have a couple of laughs right now, and then just because of like, yeah, that's how I cope with stuff. It's me as a person, you know, and I, yeah. I try to keep it tasteful, you know, because I don't want to make light of it. But it, sometimes I have to laugh about it because I'm like, this is absurd. Just like the the complete absurdity of it, I cannot compute. So I have to laugh to kind of like process it. So that's that's kind of where I am with it. And I, of course, it's of course this happens like near the very beginning of my podcast. <laughs> I remember if you guys want to hear, and I don't even remember what we said about it. So maybe I shouldn't recommend everyone listen to it at the time, but. Lance and I did, it was time to do the Chloe Chronicles, the first Chloe Chronicles. Okay. Literally at the exact time this news was breaking. <laughs> so we talked about it then. I, you know, I, hopefully we treated it with the proper uh, uh, approach. Maybe we didn't, I don't know. Right. But yes, it is a factor. You cannot deny it. Right. Especially, especially for me, who was in love with Alison Mack, who was in love with <laughs> Chloe Sullivan. Right. It was such a, she was such a big draw of the show. Like there's yeah. so many strong elements of the show, right. The yeah. Luthers, the Chloe, new character, Lionel, new character, right. They were, yeah. you know, that's some new stuff that Smallville brought to the Superman mythology. And, uh, yet to have it be so tied to something so controversial, unfortunately, in the real world is, is a shame, right? So it, it's, it's just such a, it is bizarre. And it's even more bizarre when there's the season four episode where she tells Lana she had, she had sex with somebody. You know, it's alluded to that it was Jimmy. And then obviously they could confirm that later. It was cute in a bow tie kind of way. Right. And he, and then that episode, when I watched on TV, ended with a PSA about how sex is a big deal and talk to your family, talk to your friends, talk to your doctor, whatever, that Allison Mack led and was not on the DVD. It's not on Hulu. I remember watching that. And at the time, I just remember watching it and going, what? <laughs> this seems like such a, a, a 90s thing to do. Like I remember an episode of Step by Step where Al wanted to get a tattoo and they were like, you can't get a tattoo. That's a permanent change to your body, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, so when they had that PSA, I was like, what the fuck are you all talking about? <laughs> I, yeah, I had to, I had to track that down uh, because you're right. I don't think it's on. Is it not on the DVDs? It's definitely not on the DVD. Cause I remember, okay. I remember watching it and it, it wasn't on there. Uh, it's also been a little bit since I've rewatched season four. Um, which again, uh, to compliment you, like uh, I love when well, I love listening to your show. I, I actually wait a while till there's a few episodes because uh, when I work, you know, uh, I do delivery on the weekends. Then it's like I have something to binge watch, and I feel like I'm watching the show a little bit. So that's a lot of fun too. Because um, that the, the minute detail we go into is paying <laughs> off for you. It, yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, but another character that I think was. Uh, reinvented really, really well on the show uh, is was Lois because I thought that I I loved the I, I remember my sister and I for the first couple of years she was on the show we kept going she's I mean she's got to find out the secret right because like if she was only in like the first two episodes of season four we wouldn't think anything of it but when they kept bringing her back we were all like why the hell do they keep bringing her back but then you know it's like okay well obviously for you know because they love her and want to keep using her. But I remember watching season four, episode one, and thinking, that's Lois Lane, immediately. Within, like, the first 20 seconds of her talking, I was like, this is Lois Lane. I'm so excited right now. 
Yeah, the thing about Lois was I, I felt like they didn't organically introduce her into the show. Yeah. And I would agree with that. They could they could never for the first literally season four, five, six, and seven, right? Yeah. She made some strides to the Lois we know, but they could never just like they could never figure out how to have Chloe and Lois both be there at the same time doing the same thing. Right. And then they did it for a little bit, and then they made Chloe a meter freak, and then she Lana started ISIS, and then Chloe <laughs> Took Which over ISIS. A whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally We're talking about now. topical, right? <laughs> Chloe, what are you doing, right? Um, Good God, woman. <laughs> so, I just I don't understand. It's like they because you know to, to kind of go back to Chloe for a second. I was like a big fan of the, the Chloe's theory, right? The C H L O I S theory, where like Chloe yeah, yeah. become Lois Lane. And yeah. I think in a vacuum that there's an idea there that they could have you know planned. Obviously, when a real Lois Lane showed up. That was not going to happen, right? Right. But then, of course, they still the show still seemed to tease that with all the like, like you had Chloe had this seriously. They had the backstory from seasons one to seven that you think Lois Lane would have, like yeah. her dream is to be a reporter and all this stuff. But they don't want to have two people do that, so they're like, "I'm going to be a, I'm going to work at the talent, and I'm, you know, I'm going to yeah. be the campaign manager." And they kept spinning their wheels with Lois, and they eventually got her the Daily Planet. But then they're like, "Okay, well, we got to get rid of Chloe now." It's like, yeah. well. Okay, what? So the way I always say on the podcast, and truly how I felt like season eight is when they finally let Lois be Lois, and I yep. loved her then. Uh, yes. I felt like they they did so much nonsense with her. By the time we got there, I was like, okay, finally, <laughs> right? So yeah, that's 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 my hangup with those. Now as I get closer to there in the podcast, it'll be interesting to see how I feel. Even now, I'm watching season seven. I'm like, man, they should have used Lois more and Chloe less. Like just just at this phase, like they. Yeah. And I'm glad Chloe didn't get a bad end. I'm I'm glad because the the show led you to believe she would come to a bad end for seasons right. they clearly never knew how her character was going to end and they're glad she ended up with oliver and then right. lois ended up with clark right and here's the thing i've come to this i've realized this i don't i don't think lois and chloe should have been cousins like oh. they could have been friends or something but like the fact that like it's world shrinking you know oh yeah and yeah. and it's and then it makes so messy where it's like okay so let me get this straight like clark's best friend is chloe and they were, she was in love with him and he kind of liked her, but they didn't work out. But then Clark uh, has a new best friend, Oliver, right? Who yeah. dated Lois, who was Clark's future wife. But then they break up and Clark ends up with Lois, right? But Chloe ends up with Oliver. It's just, it's, you know, it's just the family tree of these Thanksgiving tables is very complicated. So they just, my, ultimately what I'm saying is there was so much baggage with Lois when you get to season eight. Yeah. I just, I wish you could have jettisoned all that and just started her the way she was. Like Clark could have met Lois Lane in the season finale of season seven or season premiere of season eight and yeah. move forward with this. It would have been great. Now, character Durant did a great job, right? Yeah. I just feel like the writers did, didn't do her a lot of uh, service in those middle seasons there. Mm -hmm. And also, again, the dumb DC rules where it's like, oh, you can only use her for like 13 episodes. So yeah. she's out of all these essential episodes and stuff. So anyway, <laughs> all, all that to say. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny you say all that, and I, as I listen to your show, and you know, listening listening to you now, of course, I, I I do agree with you that they didn't do her a lot of favors. But at the time watching, and even now, like I I get all that, I agree with it. But at the same time, I I think Erica Durant is so great that it doesn't bother me. Like she still always felt like Lois to me. She had these mm. weird odd jobs and stuff, but never for a second did I think like oh, that this is. I don't like this for her character. I was always kind of down for it because she was so good. You know, sort of like the way we were talking about 
John Glover and stuff, you know, she's not nearly on John Glover's level, of course, but, um, and no offense to her, it's just, you know, age and experience and training, yada, yada. Of course, of course, yeah. Uh, but uh, one character that I think had probably the strangest arc of any of the characters is Lana. <laughs> um, oh boy, there, yeah. There's, there's a piece of me that wishes that Lana could have gone back to being, if anybody could have lost their memories, it should, maybe it should have been Lana, because I, I, as the show went on, and when I rewatch it now, I didn't think it when I was watching it at the time, but now when I rewatch it, I feel so bad for Lana. I'm like, I feel like Lana has just been screwed over time and time again. Like Clark is always lying to her. Lex was lying to her. You know, her parents are gone. She had that weird, you know, here's my real dad thing. And, <laughs> um, yeah. and you know, with uh, Henry Small and, and then, and then she gets infused with kryptonite for reasons <laughs> because comic book Lex Luthor took over Michael Rosenbaum. Lex Luthor. <laughs> Darth Lex in season eight. <laughs> if it, and again, here's, here's my, my thought on Lex. The only time we should have seen Lex in season eight was at the end of Bride when he was watching the, the video. I was like, that's the only time Lex should have been in the show. Like bringing him back and it wasn't Michael Rosenbaum was a giant mistake until season 10 when what's his name uh mackenzie gray played him yeah the he cyborgs was, doctor i thought he yes <laughs> shaved his head yeah. um he was i thought he was great um now as i understand it that was supposed to be mike rosenbaum they thought they were going to get him back for uh-huh. season 10 and then of course they didn't and they're like uh i guess we'll have an older clone <laughs> it I, worked I, out I, I didn't mind it. I thought he was yeah. good. Uh, he's also Jack Sir in Man of Steel. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so yes. it's all it's all connected yes. there. Um, but yeah, but there's a part of me that just because I I had the biggest crush on Christian Kruk. Uh So like you were with Chloe, I was with Lana, mm-hmm. and I always just felt so bad for her. And I was like, I just wish she could have. I mean, she kind of did in the Smallville season eleven comics, but it's like I wish she had gotten a happier ending because I felt like. They didn't do her character very many favors. So much for my happy ending. (laughs) But it it just, I think it almost would have been better if, if like Lex and Lana, if they had not been in season eight and come back later, because season nine was this revelation. There's no Lex. He's only mentioned a couple of times. Season eight wrecks Lana's character for sure. Yes. I mean, and I guess Lex is considering they kill him off. Or was that a clone? Yeah. It's very uncertain. Um, I, Lex I Zero, I don't know. Either way, I don't <laughs> <But> like it. <laughs> season 9, it's crazy to think season 9 is one of my favorite seasons. We're here talking about how the Luthers are the foundation of this show, right? And the yeah. Kents. And I'm like, season 9, there was no Lex at all. Like, Dr. Yeah. Fate mentions him, right? And they mentioned right. him a couple of times. And Tess is around. But, you know, we don't know she's a Luther yet, right? That's They didn't... This show suffers again. And this is what it comes... Like, we both love this show, clearly. And we're yeah. we're kind of t- ranting about some things here. We, um, but before before we wrap this up, we'll talk about some like straight up positives, I yeah. guess. But like, um, it's a victim of its own success because they they run so long, they have to like Lana. I think Lana is a perfect example. We're talking about her right now. Like, yeah. yeah, she was the girl next door. She had a boyfriend. Clark and her tried to date. This that small town. She wanted to leave. Okay, she should have left at the end of season three like story wise, like yeah. truly let her go to Paris. Right. But you don't want to put Kristen Couric out of work. You don't want to lose your female lead of the show. So they got to contrive ways to bring her back. We gave her a back tattoo that turns her into a witch. You know, it's like, really, this is where we are. Um, 
And yes, I, I know they did all that craziness in the Silver Age comic books, but that's not the world of Smallville. Smallville right. presented us a grounded 21st century realistic take on Superman. And now we're doing French witches, right? With stones of power. So that that arc makes me laugh when I think when you talk about the um, the Veritas window not being there for seven years, um, I that that arc makes me laugh where I'm like, so the in season five, Lex isn't curious about what happened to those stones. He spent an entire he year was, looking for him. He was like going through Lana's purse like a madman in yeah. the season for like, give me the, give me the crystal. <laughs> and then his just the day of keys. So anyway, um, uh, but, we'll talk about Pete, but uh, yeah. So yeah, there's so much inconsistency there. So it's a, she, she outlived, her Lana Lang, the character, is the girl that Clark either they were in love or it never worked out or it was unrequited love one or the other. That's her story. Yeah. And that's her purpose in the Superman story. And then she comes back later to kind of add some spice to the future sometimes, right? Sure. You know, that's it. She doesn't need to be there the entire... And if Kristen Kirk had not gone and made uh, the Street Fighter movie she made, <laughs> who knows if they would have ever wrote her off the show. Right. I, I certainly hope they would not have pulled an arrow, Right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and had Lana Lang it up with Clark, right? So yeah. I, I don't know. There's so many people out there who were introduced to Superman through Smallville who probably were thought Lana Lang was the the one he ends up with, right? Because she has LL, she yeah. has dark hair, like Lois from the future, like like. Anyway, they, they they set they 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 painted themselves in a corner a lot of ways with this kind of stuff they were doing, and I really did, and I liked Lana too. In season one, I was all about the like I was. You know, I'm a freshman in high school. I'm feeling all the, oh man, the girl, uh, you know, she's got a boyfriend. She doesn't yep. like me. And the Clark's yep. standing in the hallway. She's walking away, right? I totally feel that. Oh yeah. But then when Chloe showed up, I was like, okay. Well, when they had their thing, I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like, let's get, let's, let's get this going here, Clark. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, I think, I don't know. I, I guess, I guess it was season four where she jumped the shark, right? If you want to say sure. that. Yeah. I, but I really do like season five where they're in a relationship for a while. I, I do too. I just think, I think it would have been more interesting if they had, broken up because she found out the secret and then if she's going to date Lex, which by the way hot take, never bothered me I didn't mind their relationship um, <laughs> I, I minded how they got there, but once they're in it I'm like, this is some interesting stuff Like it, it, it gave them it, both as actors and characters interesting stuff to do, right? Right, yeah, uh, and I will say that I think Tom and Kristen as actors, they were always great together um, that it, you know, it they did have really good chemistry and that's probably what led to that. I'm <laughs> they sure yeah. identified that. Well, much like Tom and Allison, right? I mean, yeah. they had great chemistry and that's why they, they never intended there to have any kind of, any kind of romance between, you know, right. Clark and Chloe. And they're like, well, these, these guys are sparks. You're to do something with them. They did. They played with that for ever, right. On and off. Yeah. And then more so on Chloe's on the clerks. Um, but they, I mean, you see Tom and Kristen, they have some great stuff. And I feel like when uh, Kristen Kirk got, got so underserved as an actress with all this, like, stalker boyfriend freak of the week kind of material she got right yeah. and then when she got with lex and that whole world she really got the shy you know so yeah. season six you really kind of you talk about seeing people grow up on the show we saw lana grow up on the show for sure for sure um and i think one of my favorite behind the scenes stories is uh when they did the chemistry chest test excuse me uh between tom and Kristen, and he forgot his line so she mouthed it to him so he could remember it and then, and then they like kept going with the scene. And I guess it was Peter Roth or one of the WB heads was like, that was so great when you paused and, and then like, and then you picked it back up. I just, 
that really that sold me on it and he was like i forgot my line and she helped me out that's, that's how it works sometimes guys that's the industry for you it's and i i love stuff like that i i was on stage with somebody once where uh we we called them bits where we were quote unquote traveling through the merch multiverse so it was this couple and you got to see them meet different times and break up in different ways and there was about so there's an hour and a half show about 50 bits so to speak and one time uh, my co my you know my uh, my scene partner she started to walk to another part of the scene and i could tell and i and i knew what she was doing but she was wrong so i just grabbed her and i moved her back <laughs> like while the lights were off <laughs> and then she and then we did the scene we were supposed to do and after the show she was like you really saved my butt, man, because I was about to go start doing another scene. I was like, I know. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? Come back. I've, I've seen a play like that, I think, where it's like this, it's all these different versions of, of people meeting and this couple and all this stuff. So maybe it's a different kind of, maybe uh, it's the same one. I don't know. It's It, it was called Constellations. Oh, uh, yes. I've seen that. That's awesome. I've seen that play. Oh, that's my God. It's all connected. <laughs> it really is all connected. That's a fantastic play. It's, it's so interesting, you know? Yep. Uh, and I know what you mean. And I can imagine how confusing that can be because you have all the scenes in your head, but they're variations, right? Yep. So that was a great, that's so funny. They, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. That. Yeah. It was a smaller production here in, in Houston where I live, but, but uh, I, I really thought it was a, it was a cool, neat concept, you know, yep. it's kind of like the, kind of like the 500 days of summer, one of my favorite scenes, other than the, yep. obviously the, uh, the fantastic, you make my dreams come true all in oats <laughs> sequence, which yes, is the yes. best sequence in anything. The other fantastic scene in that is the expectation versus reality yes. split screen. Like yes. that's like, oh man, like as good as that other one makes you feel, that's as bad as that makes you feel. Cause that was like, that really spoke to me many times in my life, you know? That, so anyway. Zoe Deschanel reminds me so much of an ex-girlfriend I had. So that expectation versus reality scene. Now it's like double burn for you, man. It, it so, really yeah. was. <laughs> but um, one, one more thing before we get into the, the actual questions I wanted to ask you here and we'll, you know, get to a wrap up, you know, before, sure. before, you know, before the new year. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, the show's strongest suit, other than the Luthers was definitely the Kents, like, especially Jonathan Kent, they, I think the decision to make them younger, and put them kind of in the action more, and put them more in the stories. Uh, it, it made that show so much better, because we had great parents and you know and i love watching the behind the scenes stuff with john schneider where he helped a lot he helped a lot with making jonathan kent who he was and i met him uh it's been seven years seven or eight years ago at a comic-con in pittsburgh and i was talking to him and i was like tearing up a little bit actually because i was like your episode at void uh is i think your best performance in the entire series and he was like, oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you. And he signed a, a picture for me. And I was like, do you mind if we get a picture? And his assistant was like, no, 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 no. We, we can't do that. And he was like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Where's your camera? And it was, and I felt like I was talking to Jonathan Kent for a moment. Like it was awesome. Yeah, no, I, I met him briefly as, as, as well once. Um, well, I guess I've met him a couple of times now, but because uh, uh, I didn't meet him to get an autograph at a convention, but I, I also met him when I was working in TV. He was a guest on, on the talk show I was working on. Oh, and cool. it was right after Smallville. So he was like, I was like, it, it looks like he just walked off the set of Smallville. He's like, oh, yeah. hello. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm talking. Like, I can, like, my heart was like beating. Through, I'm like, I don't even know what I said to him. I was like, oh, really? Uh, you're a great father figure on Smallville. And I'm like, yeah, you know, all this. So anyway, I got to yeah, yeah. keep picture with them and stuff. And, and yeah, no, no, absolutely. 
And I think that's something that the, you know, as I call it, the college dropout years, they're missing that element, right? Uh, because that, and that's something that you started to, and I understand the kids get older and the, and the parents kind of fade more in the background, but, you know, and then by season eight, nine, and 10, it doesn't matter as much because it's like, these are adults now, even though they're right, still right. like just a couple years old, they're like 22, 21 running around like they're 30 year olds. Right. 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 Um, but you miss that like in five, six, seven. Now Martha is there in five and six, you know, or I think Johnson's there most of five. I guess I'm thinking more of season seven, right. Whether none of yeah. them are there. Martha, she really, she had some moments to shine, but usually all were Lionel related. Right. right. Um, and I felt like, okay. And that's probably why Ned Atul was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm done at this point because they didn't give her, if you actually, and I realized this going through the DVDs, uh, as I do on the podcast, watching deleted scenes, they edited out so many Annette O'Toole scenes in season yeah. six. Yeah. She had some great scenes with like scenes with Lana, scenes with Lionel, emotional scenes, right? I'm like, oh, you're cutting out her best stuff. Of course I'm out of here, right? And right. of course she came back on good terms and I'm really glad she came back for season 10 in the way she did. Yeah. Um, also in season nine with her husband, Perry White, Michael McKean. <laughs> Um, that was good, <laughs> but the, yeah, the, the strong emotional core, right. And Jonathan Kent's always been that for Superman and we're all, any of the versions. Right. Yeah. I mean, like Glenn Ford and Superman, the movie has like two scenes. Right. But it's like, you are here for a reason. Like that's yeah. a, you know, that is the, with great power comes great responsibility speech for, for but the Superman. Right. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's iconic for that reason. Um, and, and I think what's, what was great about those characters is that like, I love, I love watching those interviews with John Schneider when he talks about, he's like, I can't sit there. That's Martha's seat. So he's like, I would send them pages and pages of notes. He's like, it, it, it didn't seem right to me. He was raising a son that had Asperger's. So he knew what it was like to have a special needs child. So he's like, no, 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 that's not going to work for me. I can't do that. And I think, first of all, that was super bold of him to be able to say that to the producers, but also for them to defer to him and go, okay, you're right. And I think that, I mean, Jonathan Kent, nobody can talk to Clark Kent the way Jonathan can. And the fact that, you know, like there's that line Nixon says where he's like, you have the most powerful being in the world doing chores on your farm. And it's like, but, but there's the respect and the love that Clark has for Jonathan. And that came through uh, on screen. They were great together. So yeah, it's a little weird when there's like ghost dad and <laughs> season <laughs> the beginning of season 10, but and, and throughout it too. But I I was missing that so much that I didn't care. I was like, I don't care if this is a figment of Clark's imagination. Maybe it's just Jorel trying to <laughs> reach out to him, or you know, who knows? Um, maybe it's that time tele that phone call that Clark got from the future with Lana. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter. All that matters to me is that we're getting really great father-son stuff that that I loved. You know, I watched Smallville with my mom and my mom was almost more excited about it than I was sometimes. I remember thinking about going to AwesomeCon to see Michael Rosenbaum and Clark, and Clark, excuse me, Tom Welling. And, and I thought about, man, I can't wait to meet them and tell them that I used to watch the show with my mom and my mom loved it. And I did tell them that when I met them. And I was thinking about that and I literally started crying. Cause I was like, you know, that I miss my mom, but at the same time, it's like, I have these beautiful memories of watching this show with her and watching the show with my sister. And she goes through it on Hulu. Like we share our Hulu. I mean, I pay for it myself. Um, hey, but, hey, you can have like five accounts on there. You're fine. You're yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, totally. But she was rewatching it. She was going, 
Jonathan Ken is awesome. I think he's my favorite character. And, um, and it's just like, you know, and I watched it with, you know, my, my other sister as well. And I watched a little bit of it with my dad, but my dad's just kind of a sarcastic guy. I was gonna say jerk, but I don't want to say that. You know, he's not really a jerk. He's just, he's just funny. Like, I remember the episode we watched was, um, uh, ooh, what's it? I don't remember what it's called with, uh, Sean Ashmore. Oh, Leech, Leech. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so my dad is the first time he ever watched the show. And it's the only time I think he ever watched it. He was like, so what's happening? Like Clark, that's, that's Superman, right? I'm like, yeah, well, he's not Superman yet. <laughs> and he's like, okay, but why does this kid have his powers? I'm like, well, they transferred with the lightning strike. He's like, is that, is this every episode? I was like, well, no, I think it's just for this one. And he was like, all right, but why are Clark and Lex friends? I don't get it. Like, shouldn't they be fighting? <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm, I don't think I'm going to watch this with you anymore. <laughs> But like he he liked the Superman movies, but he, yeah, I don't think he cared for Smallville. <laughs> That's funny. I, I think I think I don't. I mean, I don't know what my mom has and hasn't watched. Uh, I know back in the day, um, and I was watching. And my mom was like, "Well, we're gonna check out what, what you're watching, right?" And so they had these uh, Smallville beginnings. It was like the Sunday repeat. Like this is yeah. lost to time, right? But they yep. they would repeat the show, right? And so the first one she watched was Leech, and she really she's like, you know what? That's a really good show. Right. Oh. Because like at the end, it's like at the end, he's like, you know, you didn't have my greatest superpowers, you and mom. Right. So it's like a yeah. family, it's a family message. Right. And then the next episode is kinetic. And she watched that one and she was like, you know, that wasn't as good as the last one. <laughs> and I don't think she watched anymore, but no, but I love what you're, I love what you're saying there because yeah, you know what, in the day, this is a TV show. It's entertainment. It's fun. It's superheroes, but the experiences that you've had, you know, the, just, just share the shared experiences you have with friends or family, especially the ones that aren't around anymore. You still have that memory and that, that intangible feeling so that that can totally bring all that back, man. And so, and that's, what's great about this show again, lasting so long, it can span that time and be that constant, right. The, the touchstone. And so I, absolutely, man, I hear what you're saying. Uh, I, uh, I mean, the show is, uh, it's one of those things where like, you know, uh, like I talked about before the girl in, in line at arrow who was like, are we going to have to wait seven years for, you know, Tommy to become the villain. And I got like upset and defensive and it's like, I, feel, I will fight you. Yeah, it's, I feel like that's, it's sort of like, you know, when I listen to your show and even us talking now, we can sit here and go like, oh my God, like Lana, like they really butchered her character and this and that. But if anyone were to come in here and go, yeah. Uh, and also, I don't think what they did with, you know, with Lois was great. We'd be like, listen, uh, what they did with Lois was fine and you need to shut up. Like, you know, there's a little bit of, yeah. So, well, you know, Felicity is much better character than Lana. I'm like, sir, sit down. Let me tell you about. <laughs> it's like you're gonna you're gonna be strapped to the chair, a clockwork drawing style, and watch <laughs> and watch Smallville with me. But uh, all right, so let's get into uh, I, probably not necessarily a speed round, but sort of uh, talking about uh, some questions I had for you. Um, all right, what is uh, other than Smallville? Um, what is your favorite Superman origin from the comic books? You know, I, I'd have to go with Secret Origin uh, by Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. Uh -huh. I just, I feel like that is this great, like, distillation of, like, all the Superman stuff from comics and movies and TV just all together. Uh, and, of course, it's drawn in the style of, I love Gary Frank's artwork. It's like, draws Christopher Reeve and Margot yes. Kidder and all them, that yes. same style. So that's a huge plus for it. But the fact that it, it finds a way and, and I really do enjoy Jeff Johns, a comic writer. So say what you will about his work in movies, but uh, yeah. you know, 
also write some great TV episodes, right? Some of the best small episodes written by Jeff Johns, right? So That's I will true. stand by Jeff Johns as a comic book writer. Again, what we were talking about, it is what it is, right? So right. I, I just think it's a fantastic way to, to, to weave all these things together. Like they found a way to weave the, the Legion of Superheroes in, even though it's a wacky thing. Like you yeah. shouldn't even, <laughs> shouldn't even do. I'm, I'm very happy about the, the post-crisis. Like that's not a thing, right? Yeah. Um, but I think it hits in all the major points and it's a great just, just updating of like the Superman, the movie kind of world, but throw in a bunch of crazy comic book stuff and find a way to make like the tallows in there, you yeah. know, and Lex is, Luther's in there as like the businessman guy. And he knows Clark from Smallville, like from an encounter or two, but they're yeah. not like best friends or anything. So there's a little bit of that Smallville in there. There is a, a Lionel Luther character in there that Lex, you know, as a young man tries to keep, you know, getting rid of so he can start his company. So, right. so, and, and yeah, the Krypton stuff. And I didn't know I, I like Jorel with a beard, right? But Gary Frank's the first one that started drawing him that way. Or was it, yeah. or was it Andy Kubert? It might've been the, the Jeff Johns, Richard Donner. Uh, I No, he had, no, he had a beard. Last son. Yeah. yeah. So that was but then that same kind of like idea of it, right? Um, like cool, a cool look for, for Krypton, right? It's like yeah, yeah. Smarla Brando, but a little different. So anyway, that feels like if you put Superman the movie and Smallville and all these things in a blender, that would come out. So I, I, that is my favorite kind of go-to. Uh, but there's not one I like dislike. I mean, I like yeah. uh, Superman for all seasons, uh, yeah. you know, and Birthright's interesting. Um, I didn't care for it as much when it came out because it was different. Um, but I should get, it's like, that's not what I know, but maybe different is what we needed and they were going for. And, but it also contradicted the, the John Byrne thought. So anyway, <laughs> it's going down this list <laughs> now of origins, but, um, yeah, the, I guess my go-to would be Superman's secret, secret origin. So, uh, I think that one to me feels like if Richard Donner got to make Superman now, that's what, that's how he would have done it in a way. I mean, you know, Jeff Johns, like, I mean, that's how he got to start in the business was being his assistant. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, for me, I would actually probably go with Birthright because I think. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I want to reread. I haven't read it again in so long, but yeah, yeah. please. <laughs> so you know, I, I think that I, I think it's just a very simple, straightforward story. And one of my favorite Superman or origin ish type of things. I actually really love the pilot for uh, Lois and Clark. I think that's a cool origin for Superman. And I feel like this updates it a little bit because you get the Kents helping him make the suit. You get, uh, you get uh, like Lois being classic Lois. And I think that Lex in it is really my favorite version of Lex. Or not, maybe not my favorite version of Lex, but one of my favorites where he just, at the end of the day, he's just kind of an insecure asshole. <laughs> um, and I think that's a cool take on him. Um, and then, like, it has one of the best bits at the ending, which, you know, I'll spoil because the book is almost, like, 20 years old at this point. I think it came out in 2004. Um, maybe later? Oh, it doesn't matter. Um, I, th but, I think 03, 04. I think you're right. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. okay. it was early Smallville. I'm like, is this... A, it's a, maybe that's why I was annoyed. I'm like, this isn't what I'm watching on TV. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, but I, I liked the ending where you know, Superman got to see a bit of Krypton and he got to tell his parents that he made it, that he survived. And so they, they could have a peaceful death, which we haven't oh, seen in anything since. Oh, I, yeah. I love that. I mean, I'm getting like goosebumps thinking about it right now because yeah. I had forgotten, but that's such a great moment because it is so tragic. They're like, we're never going to, like Man of Steel, I think that's a great moment. She's like, we'll never see him walk. He won't even know our names. You yeah. know, that that's, 
you forget the tr- as you get older and you you know you're a father you understand that more yeah, than, yeah. <laughs> than I would at this point but it's like you think about children and the legacy you leave and if they're going to remember so it's to, to have him be able to like have that communicate like that's a brilliant Mark Wade is a great comic writer as well he's yes. one of my favorites as well yeah, and yeah. and that was such a clever kind of wrinkle to put in there with, with having that moment between like, I guess it's through the phantom zone or something, right. Or something there, something like some technology, yeah. the technology Lex is using somehow yeah. allows Superman and, and his parents to have that, that goodbye. So they know he turned out all right. He knows that he told them. And that's, that's a really heartwarming moment. And, and, and that is one thing that really did like, you know what, I'm not, I'm kind of, I don't know what to think about birthright, but that was a fantastic thing. So I, yeah. I definitely that, talking about it again here. I, I do need to dust it off, take yeah. it out and take it off the shelf and reread it for sure. For sure. Um, so uh, going back to Smallville, other than the obvious choice being Bruce Wayne, Batman, were there any other characters that you think, man, I wish I could have seen them on Smallville, even for just like a one-off episode? You know, a, a character that I, I'm shocked they never used with the, was Mon L. Yeah. You know? I yeah. mean, he's all over Supergirl. That's not quite the Mon L from the comics either, but yeah. Um, that would have been so interesting to, I mean, they played with the whole like other Kryptonians and maybe they did do too much of that. Um, I think they did. But I remember in, <laughs> like, yeah, but like, you know, like way back in season two in visitor, right. The Cyrus, the, the kid with the headphones and the kind of like a, the K packs episode as I always <laughs> think yes. of it as right. Yes. Um, they could have done something like that with, with Mon-El, right? But uh, that's, I mean, and for those of you who don't know, I guess watch Supergirl, but that's a different, like basically he's very similar. He's like a cousin species to Kryptonians and he's, and they have to put him back on the Phantom Zone because in the same way that Clark is hurt by Kryptonite, he's hurt by lead and there's lead everywhere on Earth. Right, right. Um, I don't know. That would have been an interesting, that's like such an obvious, very achievable character to do on Smallville. Yeah. right um like i don't want to see mongol on smallville or something that's no, insane no. right parasite would have been a good oh you know i say that parasite was in small <laughs> season oh my god I was. yeah it was uh stanley um, dover star uh, city's lair which uh, what are the episode i did with uh lance and kev we talked about that uh because we were talking about green arrow quiver and i was like uh-huh. Dro- drop the ball that poor that poor actor <laughs> he does he does fine with what he's given but they drop the ball with both of those characters parasite yeah, I, character and the stanley dover character yeah i guess a comic book uh comic accuracy was not there uh even <laughs> in season eight as far as the injustice the injustice league plastic uh parasite and who's the third one i couldn't even tell you i don't remember it was, it was man that, see my i get some spotty memory when it comes to these middle or seasons yeah, but uh but... anyway parasite comic accurate parasite that would yeah. been great. Oh, 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 Kenny Braverman. All right. That's a character who was in Smallville. He's actually in this, the Superman animated series episode when they go back in time. Okay. Um, that's like a character you know existed back then in some versions. That would have been uh-huh. an obvious person. I think he has lightning powers or something. Oh, I'm not entirely. Uh, uh, what's his name? Conduit, right? Okay, yeah, because I was thinking Livewire. I'm like, no, Livewire is the radio DJ. Yeah. <laughs> right, from the Superman the animated series. Yeah. Uh, Livewire. I'm, I'm a Conduit. <laughs> there I am. Yeah. No. Th- Yep. Right. I yeah, that but, was that was that was a character that hated Clark Kent and over Superman, which totally would have fit in the show. <laughs> yeah. So th- these are just characters that I felt that when you have you tell me, you get Dark Side, Doomsday, but in Brainiac, but you can't put in these characters like who would have fit better. So that's yeah. that's where my mind goes. I'm not about like let's bring in the Green Lantern. I'm like, no. What are you What are you gonna do? Right. I mean, that's <laughs> that would have been. I you know it probably wouldn't have been very interesting. It's you can kind of get away with the flash being he's pre flash pre impulse, whatever. Um, same with cyborg. 
you know, in, in Aquaman in these one-offs and then they brought them back in justice. And then in later seasons, which I was always, I loved, um, totally. And, uh, and Alan Richardson is just, he's made a name for himself being, you know, the Hawk Aquaman, uh, <laughs> Raphael, right. He's best part of those terrible turtles movies. <laughs> That's like talking about Tom Welling. Alan Richardson has also become a better actor. Yes. Right. Yes. As very much so. Right. But you know, I mean, I love the dude bro Aquaman, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So. No, it's for, you know, for me, it's like, I, I kind of wish, uh, you know, outside of Superman lore, I, I kind of wish we had gotten, um, oh, excuse me. Um, I kind of wish we'd gotten Wonder Woman in some way, shape or form. Cause there was no Wonder Woman movie. Like they keep talking about, Oh, that's why we can't do it. Because it's your boy Joss movie. Whedon, you right. he was writing that writing that Wonder Woman movie. They're like, oh, uh, can't use it. <laughs> but but then they they didn't do it, and it's like, okay, so bring it, bring him into the show. Like uh, it, it's or bring her into the show. Excuse me. Like even Bruce Wayne, I never quite understood. Although I sort of made my peace with it because it was like the only reason I'm okay with it is because I I like the idea of Batman and Superman meeting before Clark and Bruce meet. So that, yeah. that I was okay with. You have to save some things for when he's super mad. Right. Right. Yeah. He's already Although... brainiac <laughs> in Tuesday. And... But that, that's what makes it okay, though. You have to re. If you, if you continue to think of Smallville as a Superman prequel, then you're going to get frustrated about halfway through. But if you see it as like, okay, this is a retelling, and this is basically the Superman legend of all the stuff happens to him as he's growing up, as opposed yeah. to when he's the established hero. And then you can make terms with it. Right. <laughs> so that's why, but still, I think, man, like Batman, like that's, you gotta, that should be a, that should be a, you know, they should make a movie about that. They call it uh, Batman v Superman, Donna Justice. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, that would, the most logical title for an event like that, I think. So let's, let's do that. It would not be polarizing at all. Um, no, I, who, <laughs> how could a movie with Batman and Superman in it? Everyone would love it. There would be no discord. It would bring the internet together, JJ. So yeah. maybe yeah. one day they'll make that movie. So. <laughs> I, one can only hope, you know, they can just uh, bring Smallville Detective to life. They'll just do that version. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, okay, so last question I have for you. So let's say Superman and Lois doesn't exist, uh, but we're going to get some sort of Smallville reboot, okay? Like another version of Smallville. Um, it would look completely different today than it looked in, tw in uh, 2001, even how it probably would have looked if they had done it in 2011, if they had immediately rebooted it, right? Uh, so what do you think some of the major changes would be um, for, you know, going back to what we were saying earlier, I personally think a major change would be he'd be wearing the glasses right from the get-go. Like he'd always have the glasses. And I think he'd have some sort of costume, even if it was just like the Grant Morrison t-shirt and jeans look from the New 52, um, so I think that, you know, those two things, I think right off the bat, we'd start that way. Yeah. I mean, I would do more of a, like we talked about, like, let's, let's cut the fat, right. Let's, yeah. let's cut this thing in half. Right. And I don't, they would never reboot Smallville person. I mean, I say that they reboot Roswell and Beverly Hills and <laughs> 90210 and all these things. Right? right. Right. But Smallville is like, it's from the Superman legend. So they would just call it Kent or something. I don't know what they call it. Right. But <laughs> right, right. Um, the young adventures of Superman, right. That's something like that. Right. Right. And I would more, I would plan it out. 
Peanut number one. <laughs> Immediately, first answer. <laughs> you play, you like plan five, six seasons, maybe you know, of like you know, ten to thirteen episodes as they do mm-hmm. HBO Max premium series. I don't care about your Peacemaker or your Penguin or your Gotham PD again show HBO Max. Yeah, you know, any it's so strange, right? You have access to all these characters, and this is what we get. Anyway, we'll see. If we'll see if those come to come to pass. But my point is, you I agree. He has glasses, right? Um, the meteor shower is great. You got to keep that. Yep. Uh, the him relationship with Lex, you have to keep that. You have to keep that. Like, I know that's so like part of Smallville, like Smallville, Smallville, but if you're going to redo it, like that's, that makes this interesting. Right. Um, then this is where I would throw in my, my twist of like, have, I don't know. Would you make Chloe Sullivan Lois Lane or would you have Lois Lane there from the top? Do you want a twist at the end? It doesn't work if you already know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I would, that's one like you were just saying i would save like lois has to come later in life mm-hmm. um well no i mean like if, if if my fan like theories were like if if chloe was going to be lois right oh uh no i would I, you name her like if you were going to do that agree or disagree would you name her chloe sullivan and then chain and then have her be revealed as lois at the end is some kind of reveal twist or would you have lois lane there the whole time growing up with him in high school i think i'd I'd of those rather, two choices, <laughs> I'd rather have Lois there the whole time if I had to pick between okay. those two. Because um, because then, but then people get mad like you can't have Lois Lane go to high school with Clark, right? And then, but Smallville, she did go to high school with Clark. Anyway, that's I'm just, it's a thought experiment. <laughs> yeah, have yeah, some yeah. fun with that stuff. Uh, no Jimmy Olsen, please. No Henry James Olsen. No Doomsday. And, no and Dark Side. That was it. That was the other thing I was thinking yeah. of when it's like, oh, these are the things we have to adhere to. It's like you've already had him on the show for three years now why do you have to kill him off because he's too old it's like he was too old when you brought him in <laughs> it makes no sense and then they act like oh that was always the plan that was not always it, the plan it was not you will <laughs> do not lie but he's on a dvd extra with all the other jimmy olsen's talking about playing jimmy olsen yeah such it, a bizarre thing right i i did like that they put him at the in the end flash forward i was like the actor as the brother yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I, I was like yeah. okay like you know, the way like uh, Brian Peterson put it, he was like, well, this way we get to preserve Jimmy Olsen in the minds of the fans as, or Aaron Ashmore as Jimmy Olsen in the minds of the fans. I was like, yeah, um, still giving you the finger, but cool. I, I can kind of forgive you. <laughs> I just, the, the raw material is there in Smallville to make a very concise, amazing miniseries. And then like yes. the last, the thing that Arrowverse has taught me, like, you know, like you can evolve your characters, like Oliver Queen on Arrow, he got a mask. Right. He changed yeah. his costume. He changed his name. Yeah. You would never see that in the Smallville days. He would just be, he would never have been the green arrow. He would never gotten a mask. He would always kill people. Like he wouldn't have. So that's what I, I want to see is an evolution where there's not like you don't wait to the season finale. Like I want to see the last season of Superman year one. I want to see this paid off. Cause that's what I always want. I always wanted to see this Clark and this Lex as Superman and as the Lex Luthor yeah. battling each other as the, because, the, because the excuse is, Oh yeah, just go read a comic. Yeah, but that's not these versions of the characters. It's not the point. So yeah, that's what I, I I'm, like to I'm, see. I'm separating this as a love letter to Superman versus the comic books, which is Superman. If you know if that makes any sort yeah. of sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, I follow you. Yeah. So I, so th- those those are my points. What I like to see, like just just think it through. <laughs> you know, plan it out. Right. Hit those bullet points. 
do you kill off Jonathan Kent? It's such a trope these days. I mean, like Lois and Clark, the new adventure survives were refreshing because both of his parents were alive, right? Yeah. And, and Superman they is not a tragedy. Yeah. Superman is not like, he's not Spider-Man. He's not Batman. He's not driven by tragedy. And right. um, Smallville plays around with that on and off, obviously. But I mean, that's not why he becomes Superman. But anyway, you have to make enough changes to justify redoing a young Superman story. And these are some, those are some things you could do also have him be in journalism and interested in it. Right. That, you know, being someone who like, like the way they put it in crisis on infinite earth, it's like, you're somebody who loves the truth. So yeah, it's a whole Superman thing, right? Truth, justice, the American way. So he wants to be a part of the truth. He wants to, or to expose the truth. That's what he's all about as Clark Kent and as Superman. Lois and Clark, I think did that very, very well throughout their show. Um, and I think to an extent, Smallville had that, but having him not really get into journalism until, all right, fine, in season eight, kind of, it's like- All right, fine. <laughs> this is kind of it. This, uh, again, the setup was there with Perry White. He's like, hey, if you ever get to Metropolis, look me up. That's yeah. all you needed. But then of course the show gets there and like, oh, well, I guess <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have him get fired and then Perry White will make a phone call and get him rehired again. That's how we'll pay off that setup. That was not- what I had in mind or clearly what the show had in mind at the time. But it also, they also did that with Lois Lane where they retconned her origin from not ever wanting to be in journalism to suddenly it's like, yeah. When Chloe uses her name as the pseudonym. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. That's that's what started this whole, this whole debate. (laughs) You did this to yourself, Smallville. Right. So anyway, yeah, yeah. I think, I don't know, man. Like, do we need to see another young Superman show? No. Would I watch it? Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, like, I think, Superman and Lois is fantastic. I, I'm not fully caught up. I've seen the first half. Um, I think it drops on HBO Max as this recording, like in a, this weekend, I think. Um, so I'm going to binge it, and I'm very excited about that. Uh, the only other thing I think, uh, if they redid Smallville in some way, they would definitely have a much more diverse cast. Like Pete probably would still be Black. Lana would probably be full-on Asian, you know, um, there, there probably would even be a gay character because I don't think Smallville ever had any gay characters. Well, that's not true. It, Lois's assistant, I think, was gay. <laughs> yes, yeah, they, they, they have some supporting characters. Uh, and then, you know, Tina Greer, but oh, not was, the best yeah. representation. And that itself was a retcon. So, yes. <laughs> right. Anyway. Strange story. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, updated for, you know, modern times, which just makes it so strange to say that Smallville wasn't modern, but... 20 years ago a lot can happen in 20 years right it, so it's it, i mean it was it was modern not that it's not you know we still can watch it now and think of it as being modern um but it just it doesn't have all of that representation that i think we as that fans are craving nowadays um and but at the same time it's like this this show was it was seminal to me growing up you know i i you know we you know we've talked about this before you know you talk about this a lot on your podcast it's like i grew up with clark kent you know we were the same age and you know i watched the show with my family i watched the show with my girlfriend at the time um the show i the show means so much to me and even at its worst i still never hated it <laughs> like there's episodes like Lauren Wynn and I had a mini argument about the stiletto episode. She's like, that's a great Lois episode. I'm like, Lauren, that's a terrible episode of anything ever. <laughs> There's literally kryptonite money in it. And she was like, okay, yeah, but Lois gets great moments in it. And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you, you know, and then when the 
Smallville season 11 comic came out. I was practically crying then. I was just like, I get more Smallville. You know, All right. when, so when they excited. announced that and you the cover of him in the soup crashing through the logo, I'm like, this yes. is this is all my hopes and dreams. And I asked them about the Comic Con 2011. So I take full credit for that <laughs> before it you, came. <laughs> you know what else you should take full credit for? I forgot to bring this up at the beginning. Uh, but real quick here, uh, you should take full credit for Office Ladies and Fake Doctors, Real Friends, those two podcasts where it's the cast rewatching The Office and Scrubs. Oh, yeah? And now there's another one called Parks and Rec- Recollection that's coming out with Rob Lowe. And I was just like, I think Zach started something. <laughs> well, had I been an actor on Smallville and then started this podcast, perhaps. But, now, you know, it's it's strange how you know, we were talking about podcasts at the beginning. It's like it's become a real... I don't know. Like, I don't know how I feel about these celebrity podcasts now. Like, like Rosenbaum's like inside he was different. He's like, Hey, I'm like Rosenbaum. I'm talking to people. Right. That that's that. different yeah. per se. Like I'm talking about like celebrities like, Hey, we were on the show. We're going to rewatch it now. I'm like, you know what? Podcasting was kind of like our space. <laughs> like yeah. his fandoms. And now you're like coming in here and taking, you know, I don't, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, uh-huh. but it's like this, that's the great, that's the, the double-sided internet interconnectivity of us and the, the lines are blurred between fans and creators and all. You know what I'm saying, though? It's- yeah, no, I, I, I totally get you. Um, I will say the only other person other than Michael Rosenbaum that I would put in that category of, okay, it's fine, it's Conan O'Brien's podcast because it's literally one of the oh, funniest. Huge he's, Conan fan. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, hysterical uh, regardless Conan was my jam man people people i had uh i had bigger hair and higher cheekbones maybe when i was a little younger people would say <laughs> i was like Conan o'brien i took that as a great compliment because i loved him and his comedy that is but awesome. uh yeah anyway uh, smallville so, <laughs> but uh you know and this um you know zach you know I'm, I'm so glad we got to we got to sit down and do this um this was this was a blast and this went on a lot longer than i thought so i'm glad that <laughs> we were able I to i know this, this is a long way as you, you know you should have known talking to me but you know could, <laughs> could could i could i ask to that to that point as we wrap up could i ask you a couple of small little questions real oh, quick course, as, as we wrap it up here so so what what is your favorite season of the show hmm. i would give it i, I think it equally give it to six and nine Probably six. Okay. I'd probably edge like nine might edge it out slightly, but I think that some of the best Lex stuff is in six and um, it, they, the both seasons just, they feel the most Superman to me of the whole show. Like, okay. It, it, so that's, that's what edges it up. Uh, those two for me. Do, who is your favorite non Luther villain? Um, it's hmm. a good one. I think. I think I would give it to, I think I would, you know, I, I might give it to Davis just because Sam Witwer is so awesome. <laughs> I think he, he, he is one of the, he is geek royalty, right? I mean, Darth, Darth Maul. And <laughs> I mean, he just, what that character could have been terrible and awful and almost was <laughs> oh yeah they got there but, yeah, but for the majority of it he he really made something out of that didn't he yeah and i think that his arc led into they do the same brotherly type of thing with zod in season nine and i think all that was fantastic so i either him or maybe brainiac because i think james marsters especially in season seven when he comes back he's just so like magnetic and interesting to watch and mm-hmm. uh, and those are the villains that you really that that captivate you the most. 
And then, you know, I guess I should answer, right? I think, you know, if I had to say a favorite season right now, yeah. Who? I mean, it's hard right now in the, in the midst of the podcast, right? But I, I guess sure. I would say season three. Okay. You know, it's nine. I've always said nine is a favorite. Nine, yeah, yeah. nine is a top five season, which sounds ridiculous, but when there's 10 seasons, right? But I, I totally <laughs> see the love for nine. But uh, I like that early Smallville, you know, and one and two and three are like that, that era that I love so much. And three, I just, I think the show kept getting better, right? Up until season four. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's my answer, I guess, there. And there, I would say Zod is my favorite second, yeah. my, my, my favorite non Luther villain. Right, because obviously there's Lex and Lionel, and you can't touch them. Right, they're on tier. Yep. But Z- Cal and Blue was great. Uh, just the Zod was a presence on the show as a phantom of things, and I thought that whole, like you said, the whole brotherly thing. Right, I think they really delved into that. Really, and he was like perfect as a young Terrence Stamp if that was they were going for. Right, so and his uh, return episode was also great in season ten. Dominion, where, yeah, yeah, that was Cl- awesome. Where Clark and and Oliver I almost said Lex, but Clark and Oliver are stuck in the Phantom Zone. I thought that was just amazing that and makes so much sense and they merge does. together he explains yep. like i've met someone myself yeah <laughs> and he has a beard finally and so anyway that was that was small but man they we were we were harping on all the missteps they did for a long time there i mean it's <laughs> sure. as as the uber fans we are it's fun to do but they really did for 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 every misstep they did a couple of uh steps is that the <laughs> you guys know what i'm saying uh, yeah sure <laughs> no it, <laughs> so they, it, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Oh man, I, I guess the last question I was going to ask you is: Do you have any favorite like go-to songs? You know that they the pop songs because that was such an identity of this show. Like it's the early two thousands, <laughs> just that the, the oozes from this show due um, to their music. Anyone that comes to mind? Yes, uh, it's funny you say that because I literally made a Spotify list called Smallville of uh, songs that I heard from the show. Um, one of the major one, one of the major ones was Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Uh, yeah, whenever Day. you're a moody teenager, that it's so, you're like, yeah, that's my the song gets me, man. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> <Old> spice. <laughs> but then um, one song I really, really loved because it's such a, it's such a twisted story, but I loved it, and I thought that the actor whose name is oh, Michael Cassidy, the Grant Gabriel story, is so twisted and weird, but I thought that he totally owned that character, um, and so when he died the Pioneer to the Falls song, I was just like, what is this song? This is awesome. And the only other one that that pops out big time for me is in season eight, the uh, I Don't Care by, I think they're called Apocalypta, um, if I'm saying that right, um, when Davis is on his murder spree and that's how he's keeping Doomsday at bay. They play that, I think, at the end of the episode. And it's, uh, and I was just like, you know, I was like, 20 at the time 1890 or something like that whatever it was um and i was just like you know i was living by myself i had my own apartment i was struggling with money so i just like was always kind of moody and angry and then like that song came on and i was just like yeah yeah i don't care you know <laughs> uh what, what about for you Oh man, you know, I I, I kind of lean towards the earlier seasons, obviously okay. in these, because I felt like well they had more music and it was always so perfect. And like the longer they went, they had less. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. sometimes they didn't choose quite right because the budget was less. I guess that was part of a factor, right? But sure. I, I, you know, wherever you would go, by the calling, wherever you will go, like yes, I yes. could and I would. <laughs> and it's just like man, that was so my jam, right? As as yeah. a young teenager, that I think. Um, you know, thinking of, uh, you know, later seasons, the one that really stuck out to me in the later seasons, because it was more like of, uh, there, there was less to choose from. So, uh, 
Don't Take Your Love Away by Vast. There's the song at the end of Bride, like, dun, dun, dun. Oh, dun, yeah, dun. yeah. Like in the montage, like, please yep. don't take your love from me. And all that. Anyway, that's, that's th- those are awesome ones too. that stick out to me. I, I, yeah, and um, they, they were just so good. And like R.E.M., the whole R.E.M. I bought that R.E.M. soundtrack, you know, from, from Slumber. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, yeah. And um, bought that, of course, the, the, the talent mix and all that. So, um, <laughs> so and, and, uh, anything Lifehouse, right? Everything, and then... Uh, uh, they had a couple other ones too. Uh, uh, yes, and they were you know they were at the prom. <laughs> for- you and me and all of the people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, that that's like the the love songs of Smallville. So, yeah. so anyway, that to to me that was such a huge factor. Like I made you know that's how old the show was talking about the twentieth anniversary here. What we're doing mix CDs, physical mix CDs. Yes. Filled with Smallville songs. <laughs> yes. All right. Yep. <laughs> I, I'm like, right there with you. <laughs> even songs that I didn't like connect with the love didn't like like White Stripe by D like oh, there will be no white flag above my white stripe, white yeah. flag by Dido, right? Okay, and, okay, uh, yeah. Uh little less conversation remix by Elvis. So they all just come flooding back when I start thinking about these things. But I, I their show was not what it was without the pop soundtrack, I think. At least made the impression it did on people like us. So um I I'll add one more to that. Not, not a song that uh Maybe not a pop song, but the Johnny Cash Hurt. Oh, yes, of course. That's just, the- that was the first time I ever heard that song. And the montage of Lex in the in the insane asylum and uh, is just, it's haunting. And to the point where when I watched the season finale of season two of Rick and Morty, Nine Inch Nails was doing it. And I was like, and I was on Twitter and I was like, oh yeah, Nine Inch Nails did a cover of Johnny Cash. And like somebody quickly corrected me and said, no, no, no. Johnny Cash covered Nine Inch Nails. I was like, what universe are we in? But that's what happened. <laughs> right? And, and it was I better. Love, it's I a love, better version. I, I love both of them. But yeah, but Johnny Cash's version is, you know, it was in the Logan trailers, right? It's, oh, yeah. it's haunting. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, man. And then uh, Mad World by Gary Jules. Yes. Right. Yes. That was I'm obviously made famous from Donnie Darko, but just using right. it in Smallville. And, you know, I did a couple I did a couple of music deep dives on my, on my uh, podcast. Uh, one, one of our contributors and patrons, uh, Matthew Roca, like he, he's a he's a film studies teacher and he really gets into these things. And we we talked about Mozart's Requiem, like to, to get some culture and some classical music in there. They use that for Covenant and then uh, yeah. AFI 1221 at the end of Subterranean, where like oh. which is a terrible episode. But it's like definitive Lex Luthor that's moment the, there. And that's the best Lex Luthor moment. Yeah. Kiss my eyes and lay me to sleep. Okay, we, like, we could be here another hour talking about this stuff. But I just <laughs> I, we had to mention the music before we wrapped up. I, so. I'm glad you did. And I'm glad you brought all that up. Um, so, man, this this has been a ton of fun. Um, I'm glad that we we got to do this. Um, you know, I'm big fan of your show, obviously joining the Patreon and everything. Yeah, yeah. And much, much, much thanks for your support, JJ. JJ has been a top patron for a long time now. So, yeah, and I think um all the stuff that, you know, you guys talked about, like with, uh, you know, like, you know, being like depression and suicide and stuff towards the end of season five, because there were a lot of really heavy stuff in season five. Um, and, and what you guys were saying, I just was like, I I'm joining because this, this makes me happy feeling like this is the kind of stuff I like to talk about on my show because I like getting into that real stuff as much fun as it is to just go, you know, isn't it ridiculous how Lana had a kryptonite suit or whatever, <laughs> but <laughs> right. it's, you know, for me, like, you know, I, you know, telling the story about my mom and everything. It's like, I, I love doing those deep dives into even just my personal life because I, I love to open up about all this stuff and this is a great way to do it. And to be 
on your show and contribute there and have you know, meet new people. And, uh, you know, I've become good friends with Lance and Kev and, and, uh, and Lauren, you know, it's just, it, it, it's great to feel like, oh, I've, I've made friends through this TV show that came out 20 years ago. Suddenly right. it's like, <laughs> Hey, like, you know, do you want to like come on my show and talk about something else? And it's like, well, yeah, of course that sounds like fun. And, and then, you know, we have a ton of fun doing that stuff. So I'm, I'm grateful that we got to meet and our, you know, little Superman show that could <laughs> has, yeah, man. Has, been, has been a bonding thing for a lot of, for a lot of really great people. That's what it's all about, man. Like just connection and, and, and shared experiences. And yeah, I, I know, I think uh, probably talking about the tomb, the episode of, of season five, I think that was, that was a heavy episode. It's also uh, a bad episode. <laughs> it's a horrible episode. And it's not even, I think Lance and I even said like, this is like an episode of like, criminal minds or something right but but no i i i think uh we, we did mention that like hey you know like we, we i think the point was like you know what that episode is like that needs a that would needs a psa on it you know about like you, you mentioned yes. the chloe psa on on save like put the psa on this about like right, right. self-harm and all this thing and, and the point is you know what if people are out there and need somebody to talk to we're here to talk to them right and that's that's yeah. the great thing about this this being this openness and even dribble like as i sprinkle in you know, I, I, I keep it pretty light most of the time, but I sprinkle in some, some personal stuff around the course of the podcast. Cause that's sure. part of it. We only get to know part of this is like, it's like some kind of interactive therapy for us, maybe working <laughs> through some things that no, seriously yeah. though, and all jokes aside. So that's helpful. And like, you know, we like the, like the conversation to go both ways and, and, and it really, you form a connection with people when you kind of, you put a little bit of yourself out there, people can latch onto that and, and put it back. And I, I like the, just the, the symbiosis to use a vocabulary word there yeah. of, uh, of all this podcasting stuff in the fandom. So it's, it's been great to, to meet you and, and uh, be part of your stuff here. And, and uh, thanks for being part of my stuff over there. And we'll just keep this community going. So absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to the future you know, being on your show again, or not again, well, I guess technically again. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then, uh, and then, you know, you, you know, talking, you bringing you back and uh, it's, it's going to be great. You know, we, uh, and, and I love that, you know, people, you know, we probably never would have met in any other circumstance, uh, but here we are getting to talk about one of our favorite shows and, but which know, we do love, despite all the, <laughs> the crap we, we gave it. We, we speak always from a place of love for this yes, stuff. So absolutely. <laughs> uh, so shall we end how you end your show? A little shout out to the uh, last Jonathan Kent line <laughs> of the series. Yes. Yes. So you, you, you can uh, you can find us on, on Twitter at always small with one S. You can mm-hmm. find us on Facebook, always on the small one. He sends an email at always small with one S at gmail.com. But until next time, my friends, always hold on to Smallville. Uh, always. I, I messed it up. I, <laughs> damn it. Okay. It's fine. We'll just, we'll just end it. I don't, it's fine. <laughs>